Friends and enemies, hello and welcome. I'm Joe Monday, and you might have figured out by now that this isn't usually how RSF Radio begins. And you'd be correct with your super sleuthing skills. I always tell people that people who listen to RSF Radio are the smartest uh, and, and best at solving crimes. Uh, and obviously that's true. Anyway, I'm sick today. Uh, not the coronavirus, uh, the COVID-19. I, I'm pretty sure it's not that, but I wouldn't know. I can't get tested because it's not covered by my insurance. So fucking dope. Uh, but with that said, there are still many events in the community, like huge majors, what are getting canceled. So if, if you were planning on going to an event, uh, and it was canceled. Uh, consider what the costs are for the organizers. And I know that there are some organizers out there who are giving people the option to you know, donate a little bit of money just to make sure that 2021 can happen. Because a lot of these events are, they rely on the money that they make the year prior in order to ensure. They, they can can they can carry on because they're not like hugely profitable right they're not they're not in it for the money it's so we can all play fighting games and have a place to go do that and, and seeing so many places drop out and just kind of you know it's it's threatening for the the fighting game community in 2021 so i just want you to be aware of that and if you if you see something and you are able to give uh, I would consider doing that, again, if you are able to. Now, you also might be thinking, because you're such a good detective, that there's about two more hours of this show still on my podcast player of choice, to which I will say yes, uh, because we're doing a little bit of a cross-promotion today. Uh, a couple weeks back, maybe a month or so ago, I don't know how time works, uh, I was a guest on Sriracha Flash's podcast, Some Random. I've included all of the links down below in the show notes, uh, wherever you're listening to this, to links to that show if you want to go listen to it there, uh, or go subscribe if you like what you hear in, on on this feed. Uh, anyway, without further ado, uh, thank you again, Sriracha Flash, uh, for having me on the show. It was an honor, and here's the episode. Cheers. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode 45 of Some Random. I am your host, Sriracha Flash. With me today, the beautiful, the wonderful, the ever younger by the day, I swear to God, uh, Super Joe Monday. Joe, how's it going? Hey, uh, I'm tired. This is, is going to be a grueling week for me. Uh, and also, it's a Tuesday, and as we all know, Tuesdays are suffering. Uh, so things are going about as well as they can be. I'm, I got my drink right here. I'm good to go. <laughs> Perfect. I, I actually just finished mine. We found a pack of like Arnold Palmer iced teas, like the alcoholic ones, for super marked oh, down yeah. because the, can, the cans were dented. So I was like, well, I can't turn these down at the grocery store. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, I, I've got my drink. I'm ready to go. I'm super excited to have you here today, sir. Uh, I've been looking Happy forward to, to this one. Uh, oh, thank you. Thank you. I've uh, 
since the induction of this show, uh, there have been a couple guests where I'm like, I hope I get a decent enough following or good enough where I can be like, I want I want Joe on the show, uh, A4 Andre I want on the show, which are both happening this week, which is awesome. Um, yeah, and, he'd be a good he'd be a good person to talk to for sure. I'm yeah, I'm excited, but I I started drafting his questions and then I got sidetracked, so I have to get back and finish those before uh, Thursday. But um, but yeah, you were one of the guests that I was super excited to have on the show, man. So thank you for taking the time out of the day to do this with me. Um, and uh, but yeah, with well, that said, let's get this thing started. Uh, Joe, why don't you tell the people who the hell are you? Uh, hi, I'm Joe Monday. I'm Joe Monday. <laughs> uh, I'm the head mod of our street fighter that's my dog in the background as you can hear him that means my wife just came home so that's exciting uh she's been like super bi- little little you know i'm supposed to talk about joe monday right now but let's talk about joe's wife right now because she's home and she's super, been like super busy here's the thing about her is that oh wow he's going off right now <laughs> Hybrid. he's so excited maybe it isn't my wife maybe there's marauders oh well uh, this is gonna be the most famous podcast ever if you die on air so just... Man, it's just like ridiculous. Like, he was super quiet before all of this, and then something just set him off. I imagine it could be because my wife is not home. Because uh, now is like her super busy season. So she like last night she got home at like midnight. But she was at work until midnight. So if you think that I work hard, there's a a wife behind me who's working doubly as hard as I do. Who I, in my mind, I'm like I am envious of maybe not envious of her work ethic, but like I am impressed by her uh constantly uh but no i'm joe uh i do street fighter stuff that's i'm i like i, I don't know i'm kind of i don't know I, i'm in the back i'm there i'm just around I'm, I'm not out there with like my stuff trying to promote my own stuff because it's so much easier to promote other people's stuff which is really what i like using that platform of our street fighter for uh and hopefully that's like what i've achieved so far hopefully i don't know i have a i have a very i'm very bad at like calculating my own metric of success here so that's yeah that's me i I mean i think you've done a really good job with like promoting within uh the reddit street fighter account i think you've done a really good job you say that you're in the background and around but you're a pretty prominent figure um at this point i think just about anyone in the Street Fighter scene now uh whether or not they're following your personal account super joe monday uh on twitter or the Reddit account, I'm pretty sure everyone just about knows who you are. Um, or at least has had some inkling or run-in with you or the account, uh, be it positive or negative. But I think you, you're you more prominent than you think you are. Uh, your name precedes you because when I had first started uh, joining the online local, you were brought up as one of the people like, if you want to do an online tournament, this is the way to go. Um, and that actually brought me to the RSF account in the first place. And I've been playing these for a little over a year now. Um, and that's because your reputation precedes you very well. Oh, words. I, might have I, too many I think the tournament is kind of like, that is kind of its own thing of, I guess we should talk about that too, is that it's the longest running, largest online fighting game tournament that there is. I think it's all of those things. Weekly. Online weekly that there is. There is, there are larger online tournaments uh, that have happened, but there are no larger weeklies than our own, which to me, it's always like, that, that really fucks up my perspective in a lot of ways where 
I don't know, because you see a whole lot of stuff online, on social media, even on our Street Fighter, of people being like, Street Fighter is a bad game, but then I look at online tournament stuff, and it's like, people show up every week to play this game competitively online. In fact, the most people do that every week, so like, am I missing something? Is it is this bad? Am I doing a bad here? I don't know. I, I feel like I'm constantly gaslighting myself with that, but yeah, the tournament is the tournament is awesome. I love running the tournament. I love highlighting players' skills that don't really get highlighted that often, or like names that you don't see because we all know like the big names and they're prominent within the community. But there's so many good players from so many smaller communities that just don't have the opportunity to get that airtime you know yeah i well a hundred percent and there are a lot of people i think a lot of people have been born into prominence because of the tournament uh mike too strong being among them uh mm -hmm. i know he does super well with streaming and he's a warlord player so like a lot of people have run into him but the highlights that you guys have created and that he's performed on the show uh whether he's trying to put out a highlight performance instead of win sometimes <laughs> is a separate fact but the he's an entertainer. I, I appreciate that about him for sure. Yeah, uh, he he does an outstanding job uh, in in doing that. But I think you're selling yourself a little bit short because the the online the East Coast online local um, with your presence and uh, I know Nogaremi in the past before he had moved, um, but now with uh, Pizza is good, Thomas Winkley and yeah, I know you guys had Black Ace on yesterday. Um, I think that's his name, right? Black Ace. Uh, no, hold on. God Why am I it. blanking on this? Uh, sure, let's go with that. And yeah. the body boy. Yeah, and, and body boy, yeah. Listen, I love you guys. Remember that, please. I, I appreciate the nice things you said during my match yesterday, so just know that I love you. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, so you guys have, have, have done a really good job because I know the West Coast scene gets uh, some attention, but the East Coast local explodes because you make it a point to highlight every player that comes out uh, you make it a point to, to curate uh, the clips that come through and put them out and highlight them. Um, and I think you do a very good job of promoting it. I think that's why the East Coast scene gets a little bit more love than, like, let's say, the West Coast or the EU scenes. Although Kamikaze and Cross Moon do very, very well. Um, and, yeah, I kind of don't want to disparage Kamikaze's yeah. work. Because no, no. you also have to realize that he's doing that. He's running the West Coast tournament from the East Coast, which, having done that in the past... <laughs> is like a it's a fucking nightmare world that i am not envious of but i'm super happy that he does it yeah i i, I don't mean to disparage copy no, no no and like you're super not so that, by the way shadow ace not i under shadow like ace. i went down that black ace path with you but shadow ace is that dude's name uh on commentary last night regardless <laughs> that's kind of a little little aside however when you take into account like all the work that is done, I think it all it all comes it all just fits together. There's there's so there's so much tournament every week. The run by people who are like willing to show up is the big one. That I don't know. That's awesome to me. Yeah. But, anyway. I, I, yeah, and like I said, no disparagement to either one of those guys. Um, I, I was just tr merely trying to tell you that you're doing an awesome job. Uh, and that, I appreciate that. I, I, I think you've done very well. Um, but I'm, I'm actually, before I get into the other stuff, I kind of, now that we're talking about it, I do want to, because you had brought it up, I want to skip into some of the questions that I had for you specifically before we get to the general ones. 
So sure. you with the Reddit account, you you've done a really good job of highlighting and promoting players. Um, you know, generally people that tag you on Twitter uh, at Reddit SF, and they try to get their stuff out there. How much of a curation process do you have before going? Well, I'm not putting this out into the world. Like I'm, I'm happy that you tagged, but like this doesn't go out. Or so that is something that I've learned over the years that I have to be more cognizant of of what I hit that retweet button on because. My first instinct, which is, honestly gets me into trouble more often than, well, not more often than not. I actually trust my gut instinct on this, of saying that regardless of whoever steps up to the plate, if they throw something out there, because because that account is in a position of, like, it has a platform, I think there's a responsibility there to share that platform and make it as available to as many people as possible. So to me, my instinct is, yep, right out the door, go right ahead. This is, you can promote whatever the fuck you want. But then sometimes you get in the situation where people are, I'm not, not going to name names, but people are trying trying to tag us in videos what show them reacting to shootings at events uh on a monetized video let's say oh and Lord. without looking <laughs> at it and just hitting the retweet which is you know what you do sometimes you got to go back and say let's undo that retweet and then let's also have a talking to with that person uh which it, that that second part is also very important that i try to do whenever i have the time and also the wherewithal to be like hey this shit wasn't good, which I also want to say this out loud for everyone that is listening or anyone who follows that account or anyone who follows the stuff that our Street Fighter does. But if you do see anything ever that is like by some pretty nefarious, there's, there's maybe some nefarious background to it or like there's some shitty people behind what's going on or maybe I'm not wise to it. Call me out on it, please. Like I this is like unfortunate to say, but I don't have the time to vet everything that is coming in versus the amount of stuff that I feel like I should be sharing with everybody. So if there's like one person who's like, Oh, this is a, this is a bad dude. Who's like, this is saying some bad shit here. You probably should check up on that. Uh, I will hundred percent follow through and I'm open to hearing anybody out if bad things are shared. So like, please do not be afraid to be like, Hey, what you did here was shitty. And I'd be like, whoa, okay, yeah, no, you're you're right, actually. So just want to throw that out there. Yeah, that's that, that's important, and I'm, I'm happy that you put that out there for people because I, I feel like sometimes people feel like they can't... They can't tell people in a position of, of prominence like yours, like, hey, this is wrong, and feel like they're being listened to, you know? Uh, and I've, I'm happy that you put that out there because I think it's, it's important to let people know that your voice does matter, and it is important. If you see something nefarious or shady... Don't be afraid to bring it up. Uh, it helps with, you know, curation a lot. Because, like you said, there's not enough time in the day to go through every single thing that people send you. Uh, you're a very busy man and with a full-time job on top of doing everything else. So, yeah. please, y'all. Yeah. That's the other end of it is that, like, I've got a job and a life and other stuff that goes on outside of this. So, that like, any amount of, like, people with boots on the ground noticing something, saying, hey, or reporting something on our Street Fighter is for us to look at because that stuff does get surfaced to us for us to go oh okay yeah no this is something worth looking into and culling that from 
what is presentable in front of the community. So I, that's it's that is please. This is an open door. Pol- I have an open door policy at my office. Please step inside. Uh, <laughs> well, all right. I appreciate the honesty. On it. I won't. I won't press you on it anymore. I mean, there's not really much to press on it anymore. But I, I appreciate the honesty about it being open. Uh, but with that, let's bring some levity and let's switch back over to what people want to know about you. Uh, Mr. Joe Monday, I have to know, what got you into fighting games in the first place? What sent you down this dark path, uh, of, of hanging out with us, with us heathens? I blame Samurai Showdown 2, uh, and Book It. So if anybody is from America and remembers the Book It program, which is actually still around, I don't know in what capacity the Book It program is still around, but... It was this thing where you can read like a number of books from a selected reading list uh, and your teacher would say, here's a bunch of stickers for you uh, and you would get enough stickers and then you would take that stickers to a pizza hut and you would get a free personal pan pizza. Now me, I'm thinking, I get that pan pizza. That's delicious. Bonus, there's a Samurai Showdown 2 cabinet and this game is beautiful. There's this little stool for me to stand up on because I'm like a child. And just the way that it moved and like the sounds of it. And I was just so drawn into it. And I fucking love pizza. And I learned to love reading because that that's how I got the pizza. And that's how I got the fighting games. Uh, so I blame Sam Show too. And pizza. Uh-huh. Mostly pizza. The... <laughs> the <fucking laughs> Mo- mostly yeah. pizza. Uh, the Book It program. That takes... Oh my god, that unlocked a door in my brain that I haven't thought about in a long time. In a long time. The book is broke... That... Th- that's nationwide. Um, but, like, is it still a thing? You have, you have a child. Is that still a thing? Uh, for neither one of our kids, I don't think they've done it. They have... Um, well, because we live in a small town and we have, like, a... I, I don't want to say, like, an impoverished school, but, like, our school district is, is pretty fucking poor. Um, right. Uh, but, like, so we don't have a lot of programs like that. We have, like, independent programs within the school who are, like, if you read this many books, then you get access to the school store and you can get, like, a pen or something that has the school's, like, logo on it uh, or a shirt if you read so many books in a year and stuff like that. Um, but and then they have, like, AR testing. I don't know if they had AR testing for you where you would read a book, take a test on it, and then the score that you got was how many points you got and you could turn in those points for erasers or school supplies. Uh, we actually had that, but we had to do it for like to pass the grade. Like they oh. wouldn't, they wouldn't let us. We had to do like four a year, uh, four AR tests, and if we didn't do four within a, I think it was a semester, they'd be like, "Nah, you failed the semester," which doesn't, in retrospect, doesn't really make sense. And like in my mind, they have no way to actually police, so fuck them. Yeah. Uh, but no, I remember that. Yeah, the, the AR programs were weird. Um, we So what I was going to say with uh, the Book It program, when I was a kid, we had that. Um, because me, you and I are about the same age. So when I, well, the problem was I grew up in Ithaca, Michigan, which to this day I think has a population of less than 2,000 people um, in like a 40-mile radius. Uh, and so we would get these Pizza Hut like, coupons uh, or you know whatever, but the closest Pizza Hut was 45 minutes away by highway. 
So oh, no. we never got to turn in these fucking Pizza Hut things. Like, ever. We never got to use those fuckers. Uh, and so I think to this day, my grandma still has them, like, in her little, like, I'm proud of Joey book that she has. Like, it's, they're just tucked away back there. Like, good job. Like, you did it. Um, those are no longer valid, for no, sure. No, no, no. Those, those are way past expiration. That's just something she whips out, and she's like, look, Joey, you remember when you used to read? And I was like, yeah, Grandma, but now I'm in the fighting game community, and no one reads. Reading's for nerds. Uh, oh, yeah, nobody reads. Don't read. Also, the more you read, the worse you are at fighting games. But, yeah, I just imagine you taking those to a Pizza Hut now and be like, see, I read the Encyclopedia Brown. It says so right here. Solve that mystery. I read them goosebumps. Give me that pizza. Give me that yum-yum pizza. I'm going to need the Pizone now, please, and thank you. Yeah. I'd be Insert very... the Pizone. I, I read a, a Babysitter's Club. Please give me a Pizone now, please. Oh, Encyclopedia Brown. They're, all right. Fucking, sorry, guys. This is a, fuck fighting games. This is a, a reading program from when we were kids. Uh, mystery novels. Yeah, mystery <laughs> novels were the shit when I was a kid. But Encyclopedia Brown like taught me how to make like hot Asian mustard in the back of one of their books. <laughs> <laughs> There's a fucking recipe in there for like, and Encyclopedia Brown had an Asian friend, and this is what they ate, and it had like a recipe of Asian foods, which is like trying to be inclusive for kids. But it was like Asian mustard is like a little bit of water and regular mustard and some of your parents' spices that you find in the cupboard. And so I would make that shit all the time and be like, this is awesome. Like, oh, I'm so cultured at like seven years old. I don't know what the fuck was happening with my life. Yeah, you're just grinding pepper into a soupy mustard being like, I have culture. No, that's exactly what happened. I was like, oh. Is this culture? Yeah, is this culture? Mom, I'm a man of the people. Like, I'm just, (laughs) fucking kids are so stupid. I was so dumb. So dumb. But yeah, so, yeah. Fucking read, kids, except, yeah, don't read. Reading's bad. <laughs> yeah, be selective about the information that you're taking, in, please. <laughs> oh, my God. So, yeah, Sam Show 2. Good game. Good game. Uh, no, that's awesome. I, I, I didn't realize that. See, when, when I was, like, a Mr. R Street Fighter, I assumed that Street Fighter was going to be the one on the list. Like, yeah, that's what got me into fighting games. That's why I still interact with this community. But no, Sam Show. Sam Show 2 specifically. Uh, well, the first the first fighting game that I owned in my home was uh, Street Fighter 2. Hold on. Hyper... Hold on. Hyper Fighting 2 Dash. Whatever the one came out for the <laughs> Super Nintendo. Whatever that one was. Okay. It's got a, like a fucked up name. Yeah. Because it's, like, specific for... Like, there were so many fucking versions of that game, and each, like, each release had a different name for each console, so, like, the one for Sega was different. Also, don't play the one for Sega. Uh, but I had that one for the SNES, and it was... That was my first Street Fighter game, and that game was... Got my ass beat in that game many times by my older brother, but still, you keep coming back, man. Oh, every time. That's good. Every time, yeah. I... I street uh, sorry so I found it Street Fighter 2 Turbo Hyper Fighting uh, on the SNES okay. fucking garbage ass title um, but that was the game that I played uh, like one of the first funny games I played besides Mortal Kombat so we share we share a little bit of history there but I remember playing with my uncle um, my parents had me really young uh, my mom was it was like eight days after her fifteenth birthday when she had me so oh okay yeah so when I was growing up all my uncles were like eighteen and nineteen when I was like four and five so they were into video games. And so I just played, like, fighting games with them, and they just beat my ass at, like, Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter 2, uh, Turbo Hyper Fighting, whatever the hell. 
in like the TMNT oh, Genesis game. And so yeah, I just I got that oh yeah, TM, yeah that t- well. Are you talking about like Turtles in Time? What are we talking about? No, no, no. Uh, so there's and that's another one that has like three separate things. Uh, so Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles tournament fighting uh, or tournament fighters. Uh, oh it, yeah, okay, yeah. No, I, I know what you're talking about now. Yeah, and that one was on the Sega Genesis, but a different version of the same game was on SNES that had different characters and a different fighting style and like art and everything. And then there was a third version on the NES that had like. Uh, the, the fucking the alligator that like shot fireballs and like there was an actual fighting game on the Nintendo system, uh, and like three versions of the same game. They're all very wild. Uh, not... That was a weird era of games and having different ports that have to are effectively different games. Uh, what a time to be alive! Oh my god, the, the the Disney Capcom games like Aladdin and Lion King vastly different on like what system you oh, had. Yeah. Remember remember when like those games were good. Oh, like that, those were like premier titles that like have staying value within culture. That was a big, uh, big deal, man. Like, and everyone had played those games. Everyone yeah. had come across like had, like rented them or put hands on them some way. Uh, and it was weird. It was weird to see like w- w- I don't think we'll see a game made by Capcom or Konami that's a tie-in game like that anymore. They all have their own independent studios, or they like contract smaller studios for their games. Nah, like, Konami is too busy running, like, health bars and pachinko parlors. They're not going to make video games anymore. That's not That's not what they do. <laughs> They're fucking too busy holding up Silent Hill and breaking my fucking uh, heart every day. It is awful. Uh, terrible. I, terrible stuff. I know. I mean, uh, it, it, it kills But me. no, like, <laughs> I, it's funny that you bring up, like, your uncles got you into, or at least, like, played games with you, because it was my uncle who got me that version of Snap. I feel like... When I was much, because I, I was a lot younger at the time, and like when I got into games, like in general, like I was a, I, I believe that I was a baby when I started, like first started playing games, and I know that because the first like system that we had, my grandpa bought it because my grandpa on my mother's side, he was just like, I want the kids to love me, so I have this at my house, and they'll play this while they're here because I'm everyone's favorite grandpa. And, like, I remember playing, like, a Sesame Street game on that. At, like, that is, like, my first memory of gaming is, like, Sesame Street. One, two, three, ABC? I don't know. You could beat Space Grover, and that was cool. <laughs> fucking per- perfect game. Fucking 10 out of 10. Uh, it's, like, number cruncher, but bad. <laughs> but not good. <laughs> and as we delve more and more into your history, I'm convinced that you're just the better-looking, smarter version of me. Uh, because, uh, no, make me blush now, please. No, no, I, I'm 100% serious because my grandparents had bought the NES system uh, because they wanted their kids to hang out at home and they wanted their grandkids to come over and play video games. Uh, and so to keep my dad and my aunts and uncles home, they just bought more video games and played video games with us and them. Uh, same trick, same dirty trick. Yeah, dirty what, grandpa, grandma's what, God out damn, there. What in the hell? I... I know that shit works, those motherfuckers. They're so smart. They're so fucking smart. I've told this story before, but I'll just say it again really quick. My grandpa got my grandma for their, like, 30th wedding wedding anniversary, the Donkey Kong Country 64 uh, console that was, like, see-through green with a see-through green controller. And, like, that's what he got her for their anniversary. So that way she could play it, but also so that way she could get the kids to come over and play it. And so, like, (laughs) that's what we fucking did. Uh, Man, fucking grandparents are the best. 
Uh, good folks, good folks. <laughs> yeah, when your love is cemented over the DK rap, that's how you know it's it's for real. Uh, until like a couple years ago, I didn't realize that people liked that song. Like ironically, because I was like, no, this is good. Mm, <laughs> it's not. It's bad. It's bad. <laughs> I don't. I can't, I can't even like. I I love to love things ironically. I can't even do that with the the DK rap. It is, it is nonsense. It is a nonsense <laughs> song. <laughs> that shouldn't exist. In retrospect, I think now I only liked it because they said, like, Donkey Kong's one hell of a guy. And I was like, whoa, a Nintendo game said a swear? And, like... It's a curse word. Oh, my God. I must have been, like, ten at the time. And I was like, this is this is the future. Like, Mario's gonna start killing people? I just This is a path to destruction. <laughs> Nintendo. This is bad times. Uh, <laughs> Alright, oh, well... Dear. I'm happy that... the Listen, the Elmo answer... Answer my next question was your first video game. Uh, so we'll just gloss right over that one. Y'all already got the answer. Y'all need to fucking know anymore. Uh, but I, I, I do want to dig into more. Yeah, about... I'm sorry. I read ahead on this test. I, I apologize. I, I got the cheat sheet right here. So I, I, I did <laughs> jump ahead. And t- I, I, I imagine I will get Dr. Grade for that. No, that's okay. Look, I, I'm not going to put it on your permanent record. Uh, but just know that I, I'm thinking about putting red marks on the future records. Uh, <laughs> but to, to delve back into more Joe Monday, fuck video games. Uh, where does the name Joe Monday come from? Because for those some astute listeners might not know, that's not your real name. Uh, <laughs> that's my name. That's my name. That's the lore. It act- the thing is, that actually is my name. Like that. There's there's levels to this. Okay. Of the first real name is uh, like the government name is Ian, but the middle name is Joe, so I go by Joe. Oh, okay. My dad, because, like, my dad goes by his middle name, too. I don't know. Maybe our family's just weird. Like, his his real name is Alan, but he goes by Dean. Oh, Dean's a strong I, name, though. Like, I can't. I mean, yeah. Ob- like, obviously, you go with Dean over Alan. Like, clearly. Obviously. Like, yes, of course. I get it. Like, but, I don't know. It just, I don't know. I go by Joe. So, friends who know me just... Call me Joe, oh, and that's okay. that's my name. I wasn't trying to out your government name, uh, but I appreciate the honesty. Uh, no, nah, that's fine. You're not weird. Um, a couple guys that I go to bird camp with and go hunting every October. Uh, four, fucking Buford might have to help me on this because it's his family. But like three or four of the members' middle names are Eugene, so they just all go by Eugene. So we just call like four different guys Eugene, and they all answer every single time that you say Eugene. So it's a good time. Like no worries, your, your family's not weird. Don't, you're not alone in this. That that <laughs> somewhat reminds me of. So I have family in West Virginia, uh, my mother's side, and everyone on that side of the family goes by a nickname. None of them go by their actual name. So they're like, they've got their their gamer tags, but IRL, right? Uh huh. So my uncle Bush. Uh, this was, I want to say, at the the time that this story happens, he was probably in, like, the fourth or fifth grade, and he lived, like, right over the hill from, from school, so he could, like, he could run home if he wanted to, and it was the first day of the fourth or fifth grade, and, like, right after he gets to school, he comes home running down the hill, he's crying, and his mom's home, and she's like, well, Butch, what, uh, why are you why are you crying? And he kind of had like a lisp at the time. So he's like, the teacher, she's called me names. And she's like, well, Butch, what were they? What was she calling? That's, that's absurd. Why would a teacher call you names? He's like, I don't know why she's calling me names. 
what she what was she calling you what names was your teacher i'm i'm angry now i'm gonna call the school and tell them to stop calling my kid what did she call you she called me arfer <laughs> my uncle butch didn't know he didn't know his real name he didn't know that his name was arthur he was and it made him cry that the, the, the teacher insisted that his real name was arthur uh uncle butch is a good guy he's he's hilarious he's I got, I got a lot of good Uncle Butch stories, but that's West Virginia for you, so cheers. Oh my god, Nevin. I love Uncle Butch already. If I feel for he's, the he's, he's a fucking character, man. He's awesome. Oh my god. He's the kind of guy and who has love tattooed across one fist and hate tattooed across the other. That's Uncle Butch for you. That is, that is true. That is not like a fake thing to describe him, that he has that. I love all... <laughs> Can we get an RSF radio podcast with Uncle Butch? Can we make this that would That would be a real fucked up episode. <laughs> I, I don't care. I, to be I honest. Let, let it be the last episode before you sign off from RSF forever. Just like, this is Uncle Butch. I'm handing over the keys to someone else. Y'all can let this thing burn. I don't give a it's shit. It's his show now. Take, <laughs> take the wheel. Show now. Oh my god, that's incredible. I love Uncle Butch. I... Oh my gosh, I, I love him already. What a great guy. <laughs> yeah, oh. fighting games. We were talking about, were we talking about, what the fuck were we talking about? Oh, name stuff. Yeah, yes, name my stuff. name. So yeah, Joe Monday is just go. my name. Yeah. Oh, perfect. All right, love it. Joe Monday. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Joe Monday is good. That, that, that's, I, I appreciate when people go by stuff like that when it's like first name, last name. Uh, especially when it goes when it's like succinct and snappy. Uh, like, those are always, like, good names. Like, I pre- I know we've talked about this before, but, like, Dadman's name, uh, my good friend Ryan Hacker, uh, I, I love Dadman. I, I'm a sucker for good names. Uh, Joe Monday, Dadman, mm-hmm. uh, Sriracha Flash, all good names. Good people, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> that's just how I pat myself on the back. Dadman is a good name. I, I agree with that for sure. <laughs> uh, on to the next one. Uh, so, because I, I want to get to know about more, more about Joe, what is the most surprising thing about you that some people wouldn't know or wouldn't expect to come out of you? I don't think a lot of people know what I do in my day job, or, I don't know, I guess I, there's not a lot of people who, who know this, but for my career, uh, I blow up bridges for a living, uh, not in like a terrorist way, but in like a, this bridge needs to go kind of way, uh, so I know a lot about explosives and demolition and, and stuff like that, so if, if you ask me anything about demolition, I, I know a lot. How accurate is the Semtex in Metal Gear Solid 2 for blowing up a tanker? It is completely... That is not... Any explosive in any kind of thing that what blows up the stuff is pretty much uh, a fabrication. Like, uh, it's that shit ain't... That's not how that shit works. God damn it, Hideo. I knew I've been fucking lied to my whole life. But also, I've only ever used C4 once in my career, and it was... It went half okay, which well, is not a which is not a sentence that you want to say in the demolitions world. But no, no, sure. it's not. But I, I'm not gonna let you just be like it went half okay. Leave it at that. What the fuck happened? Where C4 went okay at best? Well, it went half okay. <laughs> so the situation was we were demoing a uh, an old steel mill, and there are these big heaters that. Uh, where they basically like the kiln, the kilns, right? And yeah. they gotta they gotta make it super hot in there, so these structures are fucking huge chunks of metal, right? Yep. 
And so we're prepping this stuff, and the, the legs that it's standing on, it's standing on six uh, huge, oh, man, how, what was the radius? It was about three foot radius of cast iron, and the thickness of the iron was like two and a half inches, which is like some pretty beefy stuff holding up this really huge, like enormous structure. It's huge. So what we had to do, and our idea was, because they're circles, you have to make a shape charge behind the circle to make that cut through it. But to ensure that it wouldn't get locked up, we backed each panel with some C4 to give it a little bit of propulsion so that once the cut was made from the initial blast, the secondary blast of C4 would propel that panel forward and give it somewhere to go uh, and let it kind of... So it doesn't like so it doesn't hang up, and then we have to go back in there with a giant structure that's just crippled, which is not what you want to do. You don't want to blow something up and then have to go stand under it while it's still standing. That's not what you want to do, which is what happened that day, which is to say that my butthole got two times smaller that day, uh, having to go like up underneath this gigantic structure that we've been kind of cutting and chipping away at, uh, and then being like, well, we did blow it up earlier, and the other one went down, but this one didn't, and if we did it the same, so let's investigate as carefully as possible, and then get this thing down by the end of it. And then we just doubled up the explosives and pushed every. It was a safe enough area. We had like enough control of the area where there was no danger of having like there was not like people near this thing, so. Which is actually like always a huge issue when it comes to blowing shit up, especially like in cities and shit. Uh, don't go near explosives, people. Their shit will fucking fly. It is. How do I? All right. So the thing about explosives that can I talk about explosives for a little bit longer? Yeah, is that please, do we have time in the show for that? Please go ahead. I have no hard out. So if you've got all fucking night, go right ahead. <laughs> okay. So the the main miss. Well, I mean, like, does any like do we care about how the the like how explosives function when shit gets shot? Hell yeah, I do. <laughs> okay, so the main misconception is people are like, if you blow it up, you just stick the explosive on, and it goes boom, which is is not the is not actually what's happening. Yes, there's an explosion, but the explosion is a shape charge that's put behind. It's they put the explosive material behind a strip of copper and that explosive accelerates the copper through the steel and you size out the explosive to the size of the copper based on the thickness of the steel that you're shooting it through and you like to do that through straight lines so effectively you're creating a really big gun on either side of the steel what shoots copper towards itself to like cut the steel like snips right it doesn't go boom it's more of a cut uh so when you're looking at an explosion you're like looking at a it's who knows where that copper could fly to once it hits the steel i mean we can control it with like you build like safety boxes around it to make to try to prevent copper from flying through it but you're putting a huge fucking explosive charge behind a little bit of copper that is flying like super fucking fast through this steel to where if it escapes that box or 
flies anywhere towards you, like, it's still gonna maintain its speed. It's a fucking big-ass chunk of metal that could, like, fucking... It's not... It, that shit's real. Like, be behind something. If you're gonna be near an explosive, be behind something is is what I recommend. <laughs> oh, my God in heaven. Shit's I, dangerous. Yeah, fucking shit sounds dangerous. Uh, I don't have... I'm not gonna say I have a lot of experience with explosives, uh, but, like... <laughs> As someone who's watched a lot of, like, building demolitions in my career of, like, watching football shit and, like, every time an old stadium gets torn down, I'm like, have to know how they do this, like a stadium demolition. Uh, I've never understood how until now, so thank you. This this was all this was all a fucking ruse for me to figure out how explosions work. I had fucking tricked you into coming in here so I could be like, so that's how the Silver Dome went down, and now I know, and I could tell all my friends... That fucking copper was shot through, and then things went down and deflated. I'm, I'm, I'm geeked yeah, right there's now. Like, there's like a ton of prep work in something like that. You just locate the members of what are holding up the structure, know exactly where you need to cut it, which is like essentially my job in figuring out you know, what you need to, how much you need to, to cut it with, and where you want to place those charts, all that shit. And then like going out there doing it is like... Oh... In the things in the field can get a little bit hairy. So there's this one time. Can I tell another story? Yeah, you okay with that? absolutely. So there was another time where we were on a project where a huge bridge, an enormous, like up at the top was like, uh, it was about 100 to 120 feet off the ground. Uh, and the only way to access that steel, uh, is there was nothing else around it, is from a man basket or what? you could know call as a aerial lift uh which is basically just like kind of the the size of it's like the foot there's about it's like the size of a bathroom stall uh that fits like two people and it's a working platform that you can lift raise yourself up and and work right so we're going through uh i'm up there with uh, another laborer who's actually a little bit younger than me and we're like talking having a good time and Marking out beams and, and, and placing stuff on beams, what need to be cut. And we're just kind of going through working. And on this bridge, though, there's a, there's a peregrine falcon on the other end of the bridge. This is a long bridge, too. So, like, we're like, when we start the work, we know by the end of the week we're going to get to the other end of the bridge. And we're going to have to deal with this peregrine falcon because if you don't know a peregrine falcon is a that's a protected animal that's a protected bird uh like it, it is a federal like you go to federal ass prison if you try to harm this bird uh it became like a huge issue because it had a nest that had eggs in it and we had to be sure that the eggs had hatched and that the birds were out of the nest before we blew up the bridge where what the nest was so a week goes on, and we're working our way through the bridge, and we're like, come, comes Friday, and we're like, all right, going up on, going up on Span Eleven. All right, here we go. Like, we're gonna have to deal with that fucking bird. <laughs> and like, the guy who's younger than me, like, he, had, like, I, I don't know. I've like been around animals my whole life, so I'm not, I'm like not that concerned. But he's like this, like a skittish kind of person who like. He was nervous, and I could tell that he was nervous the whole week. And before we go up, though, uh, the superintendent on the job, he stops by. He's like, you going up on Span 11? I'm like, yeah, yeah, we're, that's where the, the bird is. He, he hands us a rake and says, whatever happens, don't tell me. 
I'm like, okay, that's that's how we're doing it now. I've I've got this rake for protection, uh, and we've got to go and do our work now. So up we go. We're going up uh, about this span was one of the higher ones. So we're up at 120 feet, and and we, the falcon it starts starts going around. It starts circling. It's a fast bird too, so it's like on the other side of the bridge. It's like, did it go? Where is it? Is it over there now? I'm, I'm like, I've got my eyes on it. Just keep going up, Nick. I've I've got eyes on the I've got eyes on the falcon. Just keep going up towards that beam. We're like slowly making our way up because the higher you go on a man lift, the slower it moves for for safety purposes. So we're like inching our way towards this beam. We're like, where's where's the bird? And then, like almost as soon as we reach the beam, we're like, because we I lost sight of it. I look over, and then the bay across from us, which is about 25 feet, it's just perched and staring at us. And as soon as I catch eyes with it, and just, I'm like, Nick, as soon as I say Nick, and he looks over to it, it, it guns it right for it, right for our hard hats. And, and I, so I, what I imagine this next part from, I don't see it from, from the position that I was in, which was being crushed by Nick, who was... You know, we, we're working inside of the bathroom stall here. Like, there's not a lot of space. Uh, how I envision this scenario is the the other men who are working on the ground, uh, grown ass men uh, on the ground, like men, man, manly men who are working working men on the ground, looking looking up at us, two two dandy ass men, just like flailing a rake very limp wristedly at this this paragraph, going ah, get the bird, the bird, come for your hat, ah. <laughs> how i see it of two grown-ass men in the air just being like ah, ah oh no this bird uh and we were like we had like i was keeping it like at the end of the rig being like go go away uh and eventually like chilled out enough for us to to do the work but that whole time it was like pins and needles the whole time like is it gonna die bomb us again this is it's the fat it's the world's fastest predator so who can say what like when it's gonna come at you i don't know it's a it's a killer bird, man. <laughs> oh, holy shit! Oh, we did we did not have to kill the bird, but <sighs> I I can't tell you it, of which the gratification I had of writing up an official to the state. I had to submit a falcon harassment plan in the event that the falcons hadn't flown out of the nest. Uh, that involved like uh, fire hoses <laughs> and just spraying that falcon. I was like, come on, falcon, you stay in that nest. You stay in that nest, motherfucker. It's payback time. It's got a harassment plan right here. It's got a stamp on it and everything. I can't fuck. I've been waiting for this motherfucker. Oh, my God in heaven. Oh, I, That's my, my falcon hurts. harassment story. That, that, I, <laughs> that, that might be the best story we've ever had on the show. My stomach hurts. Anyway. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, everyone. My stomach hurts. So, at, at first, like, when this first started, I was, like, gonna make some shitty analogy to the Mothman. Because uh, I don't know how much you know about the Mothman. Uh, oh, but... I know about the prophecies. I, well, because I have family in West Virginia, they're, like, the super Silver Mothman. Bridge. Oh, yeah, they're, like, they believe in that shit. Yeah, so, alright, well. And I might, too, but who can say? Well, uh, listen, I'm gonna tell you, there might be a certain, some random podcast host who may or may not believe in that fucking thing. Uh, shit's weird out there, y'all. Um, but, yeah, at first I was like, is this gonna be, like, 
the Silver Bridge thing where like the Peregrine Falcon was actually the Mothman and like that preceded disaster and like was Nick never heard from again? Like how is this story gonna end? Uh, no, uh, no, we were just thoroughly embarrassed by a a bird the size of a football, honestly. So. <laughs> It's, it's body is the size of a football. Its wingspan is larger than that, people. Come on. Yeah, I, come on, you guys. Get rid of it. I, so, <laughs> I, so I have to imagine that you guys... Have you ever seen Revenge of the Nerds? Like, with the, the fucking javelin that they throw, it's all, like, limp-wristed? Uh, yeah, the, yeah the, the wiggly javelin to Yeah, I imagine that's structure. how the rake was at 120 feet in the air. Like that's like that's how I'm seeing it, like just wiggly in the fucking sky as this bird. Oh, yeah, is that like... is that is exactly how I see it. it is it is as pitiful as you could imagine. <laughs> uh, what was his name? Uh, Lamar. Lamar in Revenge of the Nerds. That's how I imagine like two grown men waving this rake around 120 feet in the air as a bird is just like gently caressing like around the outside of you guys and not diving behind you the way you think it is. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, that's, that's accurate. Oh anyway, fighting games. Yeah, fighting games. Sorry, guys. Sorry. This way off the fucking rails. Uh, who, who gives a shit about this show anymore? I don't... Oh, that, uh, that was... That... that derailment was that was on my i take credit for that one. listen I'm, I'm, Sorry, I'm, folks. that is exactly the kind of story that i've wanted for this show every single time that i bring someone on uh because as much as i love and appreciate fighting games this story is really about getting the background on people who are involved in fighting games uh so those kind yeah, of there's stories a ton are... of fascinating people in the community that definitely it's i don't know it's like you can always find like weird spotlights on people who've got their own weirdness to them you know there's, everyone's yeah. are your own brand of weird and i think that the FGC can highlight that. Yeah, no, one hundred percent. That's when I brought uh, like Yango on, uh, who's been in the RSF uh, weekly a couple times. When I brought him on, he like studied in France and like learned languages and like learned Japanese and French over there. Uh, we just had a whole bunch of people on that. I'm like, I I would have never known this about you had I never like brought this up on the show. Um, mm-hmm. But let's all right. So let's bring it around to fighting games for just a second. Then I guess so I suppose. Uh, how did you get involved with, uh, our Street Fighter in the first place? Oh, so this must have been, gosh, now six-ish years ago, I want to say, uh, where I just, I don't know, I, I had a little bit of free time on my hands and just wanted to, like, really dive in headfirst into fighting games and get into, like, the nitty-gritty of how, how these things work. Uh, and at the time, when it was... Because it wasn't our Street Fighter back then, it was uh, RSF4. It was just Street Fighter 4. And just what I ended up doing was doing these weekly character discussions where I would specifically write them from the perspective of how do you beat this character? What is good about them? Uh, what is good about their normals? Like at what range do you want to try and stand? Or if this is where they're standing, what kind of... Uh, what can you expect? What is like most likely to happen at this range? Because uh, this is what makes them strong at this range. So, what would you try to do if this were, or if you were had any other character? If like you had other kinds of tools, uh, but the it was mostly just character discussions like that. And then Soul Synapse uh, hit me up, and he was like, "Hey, uh, our mod team is a little thin right now in terms of active members." Uh, you just want we see you posting a lot of content do you want to come on and uh, as a moderator and i was like well i don't know sure i guess whatever 
that was kind of like glibly like sure fine that will ingrain me into i i have a bad habit where i just say yes to everything again just bring it up from earlier on the show just yeah sure go ahead like fine fuck it yeah uh so i was like yeah fine fuck it totally and then what ended up happening was like uh taco back in the day was like hey i'm gonna do these like weekly online they were they weren't even tournaments back then it was just like online lobbies and then after that it was like well now uh i guess there's enough people interested where we can run a tournament and then like we were running two tournaments like side by side and then then he kind of quit out, so then it was just me running tournaments. And then people on the West Coast were like, hey, I want a tournament too. So it's like I, I ran the East Coast tournament and then the West Coast tournament. Uh, and this was all while still doing those write-ups. So just, if, if people are looking forward into the future of when we switched over to our Street Fighter and Geef's Gym, it kind of came through doing these like uh, daily, well, we actually had like daily questions where people would come and ask, like general questions and it got to the point where people be like these are stupid questions we should have answers to this stuff and i'm like yeah we should have like de facto answers to how how, like how could i do a combo this way or how do i do a dp or like like dumb i don't want to say dumb dumb shit but like just like the, the the simple questions that that happens like super often of like like how I keep doing low forward fireball, but a DP comes out. And then I was like, you know what? Let's just answer all this stuff like as granularly as possible. And I actually started all that stuff before street fighter five came out. And it was just intended to build into like a repository for information that, you know, just people ask those questions all the time. So here's the answer for you. Just point them to this answer. Here's the chapter you can point. It, well, it wasn't chapters at that point. It was just, here's the lesson you can point to, uh, so then it kind of just led into that and then turned into a thing where people were like, hey, this is a lot of work. Can I pay you for this? And I was like, nah, don't do that. I don't, I don't need your money. I'm, I'm liquid. I'm good. I blow up bridges for a living. Fuck you. <laughs> uh, but, so, but I understand the, the desire to support something that has helped you. And that, that element of support helps drive community togetherness. It helps like being... But like someone who buys the book is part of something bigger because that money effectively goes towards more fighting game stuff. Like the reinvestment into the community is is more because of the support that that book has gotten. Like player sponsorships and all that shit. Kind of that that all that all ties together. But uh, in, in long story short, uh, all of the mod team what had been around when I started is now long gone, and it was. How did, I've seen all that turnover, and I, the the cheese stands alone. I suppose I'm kind of the last man standing on that that team. And I mean, there there are like new mods that have come around, but it's just like I don't. You see people come and go throughout the years, and see a lot of faces uh, swing by every now and then. And it's uh, I don't know. That, that's the part about the FGC that kind of makes me sad is uh, all the people who just like aren't around anymore for whatever reason. Either they've uh, work themselves out of it or different life stuff comes up or they're just not they don't have the the spirit of marvel has died in them something like that uh but then you see them like come back every now and then and it just uh puts a smile on my face but anyway uh that that's kind of 
where my experience with our street fighter began and not necessarily brings us up to the present time, but like that's a, that's a brief history of, of our street fighter and RSF four. Oh, all right. Well, I, I didn't know the, the, the original lore behind, uh, Joe Monday becoming the now super Joe Monday that he is. So I'm happy that I know it now. <laughs> um, yeah, I, so I, I, I don't the wild ju- thing. The wild thing is that I actually I've gone back to look at those lessons because people still ask about Street Fighter Four, and I'll still point people to those lessons. But the unfortunate part is, and this is just like this weird, like Internet Archive thing where it it's kind of a bummer in that when I would explain things of like Dudley can use his stand hard kick at this range, like and this is how he can utilize it in this matchup. Uh, it has a, her- a hitbox like like watch how Smug uses stand hard kick in this matchup at the range that he's using it in, and it would link to a video that's timestamped to how that particular move was used. Just for example, because I specifically remember going back and looking at this deadly one, and it was a Smug against uh, Bonchan Sagat. Uh, I can't remember what tournament it was, but just the the range that he was using stand hard kick. I was like, this is perfect. He's he's totally shutting down this note. Like, he's shutting him down. But I hit that link, and it's like, video no longer exists. And that's, like, half of the videos that I ended up linking were, like, they no longer exist. And it's like, damn, man, there's that many people have, like, come and gone. Like, that's, that's wild to me. And, like, kind of sad. But uh, so it goes, I suppose. Yeah, that's, uh, that's actually something that I experienced really recently that made me extremely sad. Um... When I had uh, Wire Man on last week, he brought up the the funding Nemo story, which I don't know if you know that story. Um, TLDR: Someone was talking a bunch of mad shit uh, to Nemo about Marvel vs. Capcom three, uh, challenged him to a first to twenty money match. Nemo flew to the United States, uh, won the money match twenty to five, got his money, which I think was at the time was like a thousand dollars for a first to twenty, and then flew back home. Uh, the video no longer exists. It was someone's, like, shaky cam on their YouTube oh. of Nemo versus Fnatic and Marvel versus Capcom 3, and their account is just deleted. So that video is gone forever. We no longer have record of this 20 to 5 beating and this awesome story. All we have is, like, uh, verbal history and memes about it now, and that makes me really sad that we don't have those yeah. things. That that honestly really sucks. And I will say there's one person, at least that I know of, who's trying to combat that, which is Esteban Martinez, uh, the whole Back to Block documentary series. He's yeah. going through and like kind of trying to catalog the history of of fighting games, and not like not just Street Fighter, just like all that shit. He's trying to get it all in, and he does a crack up job. And it's he, I trust his work, and it's really phenomenal work. He used to do work with uh, Danny O'Dwyer with No Clip. Uh, and it's I don't know, it's it's phenomenal work and that no one else is doing and I appreciate the hell out of it. But yeah, I remember when you had Esteban on the on the on uh, RSF radio, and that was yep, a really good, good episode. Dude. Yeah, it's super super good. I, I actually followed uh, Hold Back to Block because of that. Uh, it was my my first time oh, yeah. hearing about it. Um, but yeah, he does excellent excellent work. Uh, so please, if you're out there, anyone listening, Hold Back to Block on Twitter and YouTube. Follow him. Help him document the stories of the FGC. And support his Patreon, please and thank you. Support good content. Uh, super important. Not not unlike this show, uh, which is great content. Thank you very much. Uh, I know you asked. Uh, 
Uh, Alright, so I wanted to jump to the future of RSF, but I, I kind of want to talk about the present really quick. So you've been doing sure. these online locals um, for a while now, and you've seen, like you said, you've seen a lot of people come and go, and you've seen a lot of talent come through. Uh, I know we've had Rob TV enter a couple uh, online locals and stuff like that, and Mike Too Strong, and Neon, and Rushdown, and all the names that we have today. Um, so I just try to keep it topical for today, but um, so people know who the fuck I'm talking about. But... When you're watching the online local, how easy is it for you to scout someone and go, that person isn't just, like, not using, like, how, how easy is that person to go, oh, that person's going to be great offline, too? Like, how how easy is it for you at this point to go, that person's a great player compared to this person does really well in online events? The thing is about this question is that there's there is an answer to this. I just don't know if I have the vocabulary to describe it because it is it is one of those things where as soon as I see it, as soon as I see someone doing the things that a strong player does, I know it immediately. It is it is something that you can notice and know in your heart of hearts versus a player who doesn't know. So like some of the telltale signs I want to say are what is their when like what is their decision making skills right like when they are doing combos are they finishing stuff in ways that will lead to more oki and are they making reads on what their opponent will do next based on what they have been doing and it's it might not be something that your brain will pick up in the moment even if you're commentating on it like we do every week but just something that you can you'll pick up and think about like after you'll it'll hit you it'll sit with you like uh for example because i play zangief so often if that that's a fucking lie because i play zangief period uh i can watch mike play and have a very good sense of what he's trying to do because i know at the at which point he has control over his opponent in that Whenever Mike has control of people, and this is this is specific to Zangief, is that they'll end up walking backwards more often. They'll end up jumping more often, and they'll end up doing stuff that is not ideal for them in that situation. But they're doing something out of like a like a fight or flight reaction, right? He's getting a reaction out of people that is. Uh, like prehistoric, right? It is their lizard brain speaking through their character. And you can see it when it's happening to other people. And this is this actually specifically is not for Mike, because you can actually see this in other people of they're doing something so automatically that they're not they're not actually thinking about this thing that is killing them. They're doing this thing that is killing themselves, but they don't know it. And there's they can't they're not gonna be able to escape that part of their brain in this set whatsoever. The set is over. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, the set's it's over. Like, I see Rushdown do this a lot, of he knows exactly what his opponent wants to do, and that allows him enough space to do whatever the fuck he wants, because at that point, the brain is gone. Their brain is out of the matchup. And it's in those moments where I notice that, oh, this person, like, has has an idea of where their character has, like, specifically what space is, and at what times they have the advantage, and specifically against their opponent where they can create advantage like do they throw out big normals and then walk backwards if that's the case i'm gonna dash forward now i'm gonna dash forward and throw out a big fucking button because 
you're going to panic in that moment because you don't have a plan. You're just throwing out a big normal and walking backwards. But I've noticed that. And because you don't have a plan, your lizard brain is going to speak up and I'm going to kill you for it. Like, which is hard to say and commentate out loud as it's happening. It's hard to even notice while it's happening. But it's one of those things in retrospect you can go back and look at and say, oh, obviously this is what happened here. Right. This was the turning point. Uh, where, where like where someone took control of the match. Everyone has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. Uh, as the old yeah, Mike Tyson. Was, yeah, Mike Tyson. Oh, fucking. Nah, I'm not going to get into that. Nah, we're not going to talk Mike Tyson. Uh, oh. <laughs> just. <laughs> nope. Nah, nah, not going to do it. Alright, anyways, anyways, fuck Mike Tyson. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, you. I have. I've, I fought Mike and I fought Rushed Out in the online local and. Everything that you say is 100% true. Uh, even people, I don't want to say even people, like they're lesser, but um, I've felt that come across in you know, various players. Uh, Yucky Germs is another one uh, who is very, very good. Um, I think Yizzy, is it Yizzy? Why is Yizzy why? Uh, Yizzy's another yeah. one. Uh, both Karen players who, like, halfway into a round went, oh, okay, I have this. And to the point where they're controlling a match and pushing the pace to where they want the match to take place. And I have to react and go, I don't want to be here. I don't want this situation to happen. But they're forcing the situation. Um, mm -hmm. And it's very, very scary. It makes me feel like I have never touched a controller before sometimes. Uh, but that's because they're good players. And they're they're very, very instinctual. And it's good to see people like Rushdown, who I think got fifth at the Red Bull Conquest event uh, in Florida, uh, do very, very well. And uh, to see Mike, who had done really well at Frosty Faustings last year, and continually does well across all events that he goes to, um, and be notorious uh, amongst people going, fuck, I gotta fight Mike, uh, this Zangief yeah. player. Even when Zangief like, was low tier. Like uh, Chris CCH has done phenomenally well. Yeah, Chris CCH is another one. Another super young kid. I think him and Cross Moon are the same age, now that I'm thinking about it. Uh, but yeah, fucking super young kid who done very well. I didn't know Cross Moon was that young. That's oh. wild. <gasps> oh, all right. I didn't mean to spill secrets. Whoopsie daisies. Uh, I don't know if that's a secret. It's just because I, I, I'm always surprised with how young Chris CCH is. Oh, uh, I'm gonna do a little bit of little forward reading, but there there might have been a question here about uh, moments and and things with uh, with our Street Fighter and and stuff like that that kind of. Things that I remember about uh, the community and the players, uh, but specifically with Chris CCH, uh, two actually two stories about him. One, is, the first one is uh, probably one of my favorite moments uh, in. Actually, yeah, fuck it. This is the favorite FGC story. We're just going into that. <laughs> yeah. uh, sorry, I'm I'm taking no. I'm I'm taking the wheel now. That's okay. That's okay. You go right ahead. I've seen I've seen the map. We're breezing right through <laughs> Indiana. We're just dropping right into to this story. Uh, so it was oh fuck. I, was it two years ago? Uh, so this was not 1918, so EVO 2018. Uh, when I go to EVO, that is a great opportunity for me to go and cheer on everyone who, that, who I'm familiar with, either through the tournaments or through online. Just these players that might not have a cheering section for themselves, maybe they're by themselves or they're... Uh, who, who can say but I, i'm i'm gonna show up for that that's i love doing that to say 
I might have seen you enter this tournament, but I'm going to try and show up. And I get fucking exhausted at Evo just from running. Like my notes for every Evo is like, be here at six, be here at, be here at eight, be here at like eight thirty. Like here's where you kind of want to check in on this bracket. And then having to run from side to side, being like, "Are you playing your match yet?" And like, "Hi, I'm Joe Money. You haven't met me yet, but what? Like, I'm here to cheer you on." Anyway, <laughs> regardless, 2018, Chris CCH is playing, and he's getting into top 64. It is his match to get into top 64 against Moni, I believe. And I'm standing there, and it's looking. He's getting in a way where he's like. He's about to win. Like, you can, it's, he's in a position where he's up around, he's already won a match, and, like, it looks like he's got it. So I'm, like, I'm cheering. He wins the round, and I'm, like, hell yeah, you're my boy, Chris. Like, just yelling and cheering for him. And as I say that, he, there's this, this older guy standing next to me, and he goes, uh, you know Chris? I'm, like, yeah, yeah, Chris, he's, he's a great player. Uh, he goes, I'm, I'm actually... His so that's actually my boy. I'm his dad, and I'm like, oh shit! Like it's it's phenomenal to meet you. Like this is that's great. You should be really proud of him. He's your son's phenomenal. Like this kid is amazing. Like at such a young age too. Like it's really great to see you support him like that. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's fun to show up to these events and and cheer for him. And by the time that he had said that, uh, Chris had like just won the round or like was about to win. And as Chris is about to win, his dad leans over and he goes, oh, like, I gotta run, uh, don't, don't tell Chris that I was here. Which then throws me through a fucking loop, because now I'm like, wait a minute, I need to, like, congratulate Chris on his win, but then also be like, oh, your dad wasn't here to cheer you on, this is a very, like, touching, heartfelt moment, like, I don't know exactly what the relationship between you and your dad are like, <laughs> I don't, uh, I... Way you go, Chris. Like you're the fucking best man. Like, <laughs> fucking awesome. And then me having to be like, like find an out of that conversation, but at the same time be like, fuck yeah, man, you made top sixty four. Like I'm hyped for you right now. But also like trying to hold back. Like I have so many. I have emotions. <laughs> so many of them. They're the me. introverted version of like Long Island Joe and his dad. Like they're just like we love oh, each yeah, other, but like but I far. had to feel all of that and hold it, and I was like, I am not prepared for any of this. Uh, <laughs> like <laughs> later on, I like I talked to Chris later. I'm like, hey, like, what's your relationship with? You? He's like, oh yeah, like I I heard about that. I was like, oh okay, thank God. And I was like, oh like, tell you. And then once he Chris had told his dad about that story. Chris's dad like actually like contacted me through Twitter was like oh my gosh if I knew that it was you I would have like shook your head like I would have actually stayed and talked to you because <laughs> we had sponsored Chris in the past and like he knew that right and so he was like oh my god if I knew that like we could have I'm like oh don't worry I was just you put me in a way dude come on man <laughs> uh, so that that moment uh that really that one really stands out anytime that anyone from uh that has kind of passed through our street fighter or anyone who's uh, been involved with that succeeds or does well or anything like that is just to me like it's like so special to me to see others succeed uh when given the opportunity uh and that that's probably my favorite moment but after that talking about chris's age 
that that year or the next year, it was in a situation where Gutex was running a bar fights, and yeah, that was the year prior. So it was like, Gutex was running bar fights, and he's like, hey, make a team for our street fight. I'm like, oh, cool. I'll get, like, all these guys from the past and who we were currently sponsoring. We'll get them on stage. They'll do a exhibition match. It'll be fun. And in that, like, just in passing, I'm like, yo, Chris, like, we sponsored you in the past. I'd probably get you in for free. Just, like, let me know, and we'll get you in. He's like, nah, that's a bar. I can't get in. I'm like, no, it's, like, it's 18 plus. You can get in if you're 18. He's like... I can't get in. And I'm like, you're a child. <laughs> fucking child. Like, you're still a child. Like, still 17, this fucking kid. He's going to be a fucking threat. Trust me on that one. Oh, I, I, I have seen Chris CCH do damage. He is, I can't wait to see that kid, like, turn into what he's going to be in the future. I think he's going to do yeah. excellent work. Um, I will be, whatever he ends up doing, I'll be extremely proud of him. Yeah, I fucking best wishes to him. I, he was playing Sakura the last time I saw, uh, and then was it Sakura? Sakura was he playing? I yeah, don't know. That was that like was his main chicken, uh, like way back when, and like getting back into Sakura and like because that guy was a little, I don't know. That guy took a couple nerfs, and then Chris was like, let's kind of bounce off of that, and then he did really well at uh, fucking. Ah, oh, shit, where did he do really well with Sakura? Uh, God, there's so many tournaments. It's really hard to lose the throw on that, but he yeah. did. He performed extremely well, and I don't know, super proud of him. Yeah. Sakura in top eight. That's good shit. Definitely. Uh, and look, This was before she got, like, the buffs of, like, of this season. This was back then. Right, I was just going to say, and Nauman just won Evo Japan. Uh, Nauman? Newman? Yeah. Nauman. So, yeah. like, Sakura's are coming out of the woodwork all of a sudden. Uh, yeah, she's going to be a threat. I can't wait. I can't wait for everyone to be like, oh, she's actually good. Uh, and she's been good, and Space Boys hopefully gets a lot of credit for all the work that he's been doing with her for years now, or at least a year now. Um, Space Boy, yeah, Space Boy. He fucking I love Space Boy. He's fucking wild though. Him and Shinku, he's entertaining. Can, can fuck off as far as I'm concerned. I every time I run, <laughs> every time I run into them into the local, I'm like, all right, no fucking Sakura, here we go. And every single time, fucking right in my face. Uh, God damn it. Um, but yeah, so I guess with that, with with the coming of age question, what does the future hold for you and our Street Fighter? I know you previously talked about you thought about canceling the RSF radio um, because you know it, it takes up a lot of time in your life and uh, breaking up the commentary blocks because doing a four-hour commentary block on a, on a tournament is exhausting and I, no one can blame you for that. Um, so with the future coming forward and people like Cross Moon who are coming up, I don't think Cross Moon's even a fucking adult yet, but. Uh, I think he's like 17. But when these people coming up, like, what does the future hold for you and for the R Street Fighter program? This is something that I know that I am historically bad at, and it's making plans. I'm not good at making plans. I'm bad at calendar. My wife knows this. Everyone who knows me knows this, that I'm just... I am pretty listless when it comes to having direction. But with that said, though... Uh, it's one of those things that it's in my mind of, I can't just do this. There has to be change. There has to be forward movement, forward progress. Because there are so many people that like could very easily fill the position of running the tournament or uh, doing a radio show if, if they want to or having like 
guest you've guest hosted an episode of rsf radio in the past and like the having like a week off was like oh man this is it opens up a lot of extra time like especially like right now uh but that's the thing about my job currently is that i'm i'm working a job that's like 12 hour shifts that running running it listen man i know i alluded to the suffering of what is mondays earlier but this particular or what is tuesdays but yesterday was a fucking trip of doing the 12 the hour workday, getting home and immediately recording that episode of RSF Radio with Fluffy Sheep about the, uh, his latest netcode mod, and then immediately hopping into the tournament and then not finishing that until midnight was like, I woke up at five and worked until midnight. And like, there's a part of me that's like, I can't and shouldn't do that. That's that shouldn't be my life. And granted, these twelve-hour workdays aren't going to be forever, so like, I have to like plan for that future as well. Uh, but with that said, though, I've kind of let myself lax on RSF Radio just because it it has been so consistent with every week. Where if it doesn't come out on Thursday now, I'm not as I'm not as dedicated to that as I once was because I want to get good episodes and want to get good guests and I want to have time for them to like have time to think about what they might want to say, uh, which I don't know. Honestly, a lot of people don't even look at the notes anyway. So it's like it, all, that whole show is just all ad lib, just like this show, uh, if you believe it. <laughs> but the, the thing that I don't know, I don't know what's in the future. I, I, I know that what I want to do is I will eventually pass this stuff on. I've got all the key. Because I, I, here's like the lore behind all this shit is that I didn't make any of the R Street Fighter account things what exist today. Like I didn't, I didn't make hardly any. Like the, the Twitch account didn't make that. That was handed over from someone to someone to me. The Twitter account was not made by me. The Like all that shit, like, that we deal with like through uh sponsorship stuff like was not originally created by me so like all of that stuff is i'm already working with secondhand goods it makes sense at some point like i have the ability to hand the keys over i just need to eventually do it uh when that will be i'm not ready to do that now there's still there's still time but the i feel like the 2020 2021 season and just seeing where things at so I feel like this is going to be a tough year. Uh, it's going to be a weird year for the FGC because there's still a lot of really bad actors that have continued to exist in the community that they're, there's going to be, it's going to get weird. And especially this being, I don't want to get like hyper-political, but it's a election year. There will be seeds of change or there won't be, which will actually be, uh, kind of a fucking nightmare and things are going to get things could i don't know things could, could get worse the future is unknowable in that sense but what i want to do and what i think that i've set up at least and to continue doing in the future is having a platform that can promote uh people and voices that otherwise won't get promoted uh and that's that's the goal because I feel like there's going to be a lot of that in 2020. Like, for example, there's a whole amateur 
league run sponsored by super league that there's just there's no fucking information out there i i i am on a mission to interview everyone who is running a a tournament in the street fighter league amateur league uh it is a thing that like is already running there's there's shit happening in that that just there is no global coverage on what the fuck that even is and there are like really solid players really solid communities and really great tournament experiences being hosted by uh a number over over a dozen of i wish i had i have a list somewhere of of all of the tournament organizers because nowhere else is there a fucking list and finding any information on it is fucking impossible and it's one of those things where i feel like the support of uh grass because that shit is grassroots but where else have you heard about it like where are you seeing this shit even like capcom uh fighters isn't even retweeting this shit and i like i love carolyn she does a great fucking job but like the support is she's one person and the support isn't there for all of grassroots efforts like what do i need to do to utilize the platform that we have to promote those ventures i don't know if i have the answer for that yet <laughs> but that's that's the the roundabout goal i don't know that's those are lofty dreams i suppose with not a whole lot of concrete answers but we'll get there i assume hey the, the, like you said the future's unknowable so i when i wrote this question down uh, I was like, I don't expect an answer out of Joe because I think it's. Th when I wrote the question down, I immediately went, "This is unfair," but I'm curious, uh, <laughs> so I had to ask. Uh, so oh, I fuck you. I I know. <laughs> uh, so I expected no concrete answer. Um, the, but I know for me, I can see the 18th hole on my FGC career. Um, I know when the end is, and I know when that time is going to stop. Uh. And it's, it might not be in the too far distant future for me. But for you, uh, while you might be not able to see the 18th hole or, you know, where things are going, I was just curious as to, like, what will you be doing moving on? Because you are separate from our Street Fighter. You are a, a, an entirely separate person I think a lot of people forget about sometimes. That, like, Super Joe Monday, the person, uh, is also a competitor. Who fought Itobashi Zangief on stream, uh, like a wild man. <laughs> uh, and who also has, like, dreams and goals and aspirations that are outside of fighting games. Um, so that's that's really all I was curious about. Um, that's, that's like, the thing, though, is that I... And I, I think that's the part that is, to me, a little bit... Again, I know this is, like, a, a character flaw of mine, is that I don't necessarily have goals or aspirations. I really am just a... Well, let's see what happens, and if this is good, let's roll with it. If this is bad, then we'll have to dunk it. And I feel like that lack of planning, especially right now, uh, might end up fucking me later on. I'm, I, but again, like I just, I don't know yet. Uh, maybe the answers will manifest. Uh, I'm sure there will be an end of of running our Street Fighter for me, but at the same time. You say that the the Joe Monday character is separate from the R Street Fighter character, but I like to feel like I've made that line as uh, as like blurred as possible in that like 
so I'm not I here's my other bad habit is that I am really good at preventing self-promotion of knowing exactly how to self-promote something and doing the exact opposite of that thing to spite myself. <laughs> I don't know why I do that, but I consistently do it. And my wife, my wife hates me for it. Every time I do some shit like that, that's like self-deprecating. She's like, no, like, no, don't, don't do that. <laughs> Stop don't sabotaging that. yourself, Joe. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, but like self, uh, I don't know. There's a certain amount of um, so, like self-subterfuge that is enticing to me. Maybe that's how... I, I imagine I will personally go out in a blaze of glory that will eventually uh, involve a peregrine falcon and uh, some <laughs> explosives. But until that day, I, I don't know what will, what will come of this scene. But again, like, I don't know what's going to happen. 2020 is going to be a fucked up year and i'm I'm kind of not looking forward to it because it is already here's like the other dark secret is that the stuff that gets reported on our street fighter that is like very clearly bad and thank thankfully there are people who make those reports but there's a lot of stuff that gets like auto modded out that we then have to manually check over to make sure is like either good for like got caught in the filter by accident or we need to to cut it from the sub but the shit like some of the shit we see is like is like really like really fucked up and there is a part of me that knows that that contingent of people is the fgc although you will see many figureheads uh the most popular people in the community say that's not the fg that's just online that's not that's not these people but no to me that's that's not true like that just ain't it the the people who are like truly nefarious truly like hurtful to a to minority groups of people is like those people are real and they exist and they will do their best to make sure that the fighting game community looks like them and that to me is like they're militant about it so there needs to be an equal force pushing back in the other direction and it's just like to deny that it's there to me is like insulting yeah and it's ignoring a problem that it's gonna fester and and having the most popular people and the most visible people within the community just say that nah that shit ain't real is like you're i don't know fuck you man you're not real like you're not real because yeah. <laughs> like, you don't you don't live in reality you're not you're living in a separate reality that is uh, uh, completely separate from this thing that everyone else has to live through. But for you, there's like, I don't know, fucking filters and shit. Right. Shit is unfiltered for the every 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 person that's out there. This will be my apples and oranges comparison. Uh, but it's my right as an American to remain steadfast in my beliefs regardless of the facts or information put in front of me. So therefore, uh, the same people who will denounce that's just online, that doesn't count, are the same people who will go, this online community is necessary in order to keep games alive. 
So it's either you get to have an online community that keeps games alive, but within that community are these people that you also call they're just online, that doesn't happen offline. Those people are are keeping some games afloat and alive, and they 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 shake hands a lot, you guys. Uh, yep. And I, I talked about this on the on the episode with Morgan uh, Foggy on here. Um, I believe it was Morgan. She's phenomenal, by the way. She like one of the smartest pe- like persons I've ever talked to. Yeah, like, I, I immediately when I had her on, I was like, oh, I am in the presence of someone that is smarter than me. Uh, like, <laughs> like very clearly, you, know, you have not seen the caliber of this show before. Yeah, you, are, are, are you sure you you are all right? What you agreed to be on? Uh, because like then I had Master Who on, who's also a member of Yace, and we were talking about like the different personalities of Yace. And immediately with Morgan, we went. She has a powerful aura around her. Immediately, that's like she's in command of every situation that she's in, uh, and it's very accurate. Um, but while we were talking, we were talking about the responsibility of, of top players and prominent players in the scene. Um, and what I kept on saying, responsibility, like, you know, whether or not you like it, when you become prominent in a scene, you more or less have, and I'll use her wording from now on because it's much smarter and better than mine, an opportunity uh, to teach and grow and help people who are look up to you and look to you because you do well at tournaments. Whether or not you wanted that opportunity thrust upon you, is besides the point because you now have the opportunity because you have been doing well, you've promoted yourself well, so when you have a following and you say things like, X game is dead, X game is trash because I hate this, and then you just shit on a game or you shit on a community, those same people that follow you because they respect you for whatever tournament placements or anything else, they they tend to follow that and they tend to, to fester that. You know, games like Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite get shit on by so many people uh, because of its looks and everything else, regardless of how it plays or its netcode, which were both great, uh, minus the looks. But because that game gets dogged on by people that are higher up in the community, uh, it, it dies out quickly. Uh, Street Fighter V gets dogged on by people like F-Champ and everything else. Um, and th- those same people whose entire personality is, I hate Street Fighter V because someone told me to. Uh, and it just happens. Like, it's a thing. Um, I mean, it's it's a little bit more complex than that because yeah. of how the games are, but that that's a very broad brush to paint uh, responsibility, I suppose, uh, in terms of how people carry their uh, influence. Yeah, that's, that's but what I said. ultimately Morgan's much smarter than me and using words opportunity. I think opportunity is a much better word than responsibility. Um, <laughs> sure, there's there's an opportunity there. Yeah. Uh, there, I mean, there's, I won't get into it. There's, there's a good example. People know my stance on, on Mike Ross and that whole situation, but it's just, every time I see that name come up, it's like, all right, you care more about the person than you do the community and your own attachment to it. Yes. Like I get, I've had this like weird thing on my mind lately. It's like, I actually didn't plan on talking about this because this is, this is like pretty fresh. Uh, although this is like a reoccurring theme in my brain space from time to time. But the idea of, I've always been averse to the concept of like having a hero or a, like an idol or a super fan or anything like that. Uh, 
like sports jerseys, for example, getting wearing a sports jersey of a player to me is kind of wild because like you're getting someone else's name on your back. Granted, like you might just want to support that person, but it's just like, I don't know, like, do you want to, because people are messy and the way that people are presented, especially in like major league sports, not necessarily true in FG and like esports and the fighting game community specifically, but like what you see is not who they are as a person, uh, like whatsoever. They could have done like very good things, but like, I don't know. There's a part of me that's like, uh, people are just complex and if you want to have an idol it's more effective and more impactful if that person who you look up to is within your current circle of influence so that they can have a material impact on your life and not just a, a ethereal one of this is my dreams and aspirations because then it's like okay put it this way of you have this like sports figure being your hero and you train and train and train and you eventually become like to that level and then you meet that person eventually and it turns out they're like a huge fucking asshole and it's like oh well this does that color your your life differently like would you have done the same thing earlier if you had known that they were an asshole the whole time like if you knew that michael jordan was like a gambling addicted like motherfucker who like will do any fucking thing to get out on top, like, would you think of him differently? Or would you still say, well, he's a six-time champion. He's, he's, you can't, you can't fight the man. He's the, he's the fucking best at this, at this game. I can't, he was in Space Jam. The motherfucker was in Space Jam. <laughs> does that, I don't know, does that matter? I feel like to the most, like, to most people who, like, in a day-to-day -day life, uh, that shit, like, I don't know. I feel like that does matter because the more impactful thing is to have someone who like can actually, you can talk to and help to, and not just this like idol who is this uh, idea of success and not actually success. But I don't know. That's kind of, that is a very unformed thought that like has just been on my mind today specifically. No, that's okay. Um, because I mean, that's on, uh, very lightly touching on it because I'm not a smart enough person to 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 go over everything and like in well drawn details. Uh, but with Kobe Bryant recently passing away, um, that's uh, everyone knows what happened in 2003, and like it's it's yeah, like that. that's another thing. Oh man, like I kind of I I wanted to bring that up, but kind of didn't because at the same time, I'm like man, a lot of people died in that airplane, like in that helicopter crash, and that is yeah, it is really sad to see a life. Uh, pass away so suddenly, right? Uh, and and really unfortunate to for all of those threads to be still open. Mm. Uh, like there, there's no opportunity for healing. Like how many? It's so easy to forget about people who have been hurt by people in power. If it, oh man, we're so easy to forget people who just say well. Well, they're bad too. Like, there's no perfect victim. There's never a perfect victim. And looking for, a per like, having, like, requiring a perfect victim uh, to, it's just, like, fucking wild to me. I, I don't know. That, I mean, like, 
condolences is like like death is like fucked up and everyone has to face it at some point and and deal with uh that in their own way and especially someone as uh influential as as kobe and as strong as he was in the game it's just like i don't i can't forget about those things and yeah. and wanting there to be some kind of healing in in uh response to the the bad things what have been done in the past like we're never gonna get that no. and and especially man ah man you, you're getting me because like <laughs> the hashtag that was trending was uh uh what was it girl dad yeah girl or dad. dad girl yeah uh, which like to me i'm like mm, okay uh, like sure, he might have been a great dad i'm sure he was a, a fantastic father but there are other women in his life that maybe didn't get the same treatment at that yeah uh, that it's just it's so easy to forget because it's so easy to want that perfect example of so and it, especially in a moment like this where it is like it is incredibly tragic and like there it is it it is incredible like, you have all the right to feel sorry and sad for this loss and it is it, it's heartbreaking for that to happen like and at the same time have this other thing to be like well also and then just to like not see like anything about that and maybe maybe people don't want to face the bad stuff in death and i get that and there's a certain like but like uh, people say like respect the dead but then it's like well when is that ever like when is when is enough time passed to go back on this and, and revisit this or because like ah uh, we remember we so easily remember the the harmful people throughout history and never know the victims' names. Yeah. Uh, I I wish I could tell you the name of the woman who was assaulted in two thousand and three. Uh, it is a fault of my own that I don't know her name. Uh, I mean, even like we know Attila the Hun. Yeah. But he committed incredible acts of genocide. Granted, we might know him for being the dude who did a bunch of genocide. Yeah. But at the same time, like, there's a lot of history what he erased that is lost to time. And I don't know, are we doomed to repeat those things on, on different scales? Maybe, I don't know. Yeah. It... Maybe, that, maybe that's a little bit too dark and too... No. Uh, heartfelt to get into on on this show but, no not, uh, not at all I've, I've i've always welcomed discussions like this because i don't get to have these fucking talks all the time i you know i, I i've got i've got a 17 year old boy i've got a three-year-old girl and i've got my wife and like that's who i associate with every day of my life uh so i don't get to have these discussions often so i, I welcome them uh early and often all the time um but the separating the man from the like the legend from the person is a big thing for a lot of people um the same thing what happened with with bill cosby you know where people say well you can't you can't take away the impact that the cosby show had on on black families and the impact that it had across multiple people and stuff like that like separate that from bill cosby who's a fucking rapist like he deserves to be in prison for the rest of his life um and then there are things like the girl dad hashtag where um the, the 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 reporter who was like you know the, who told the story it was a very heartfelt story about Kobe being a girl dead um and so like it's 
a lot of people use the hashtag to be like, I'm also a girl dad like Kobe, or like, doing these things like Kobe did great things. But the same, like, other people using that hashtag for their pictures um, were also like, I'm raising a little girl, um, the, the father of a girl, because I, I want to show that, like, I'm, I'm a strong father for this, who will eventually be a strong woman. Um, and it, it, it becomes very messy and very complicated, like you said. Um, and yeah. then even within that, like within the dark things, like when you had brought up Michael Jordan. So Michael Jordan, for those that don't know, was a fucking crazy person, a crazily competitive person, um, where they would play, uh, games of, uh, of spades on like the team plane for tens of thousands of dollars. And if he lost... Crazy gambling addiction. Yeah. Which actually, that's that's that, why he played baseball. That, for like, those that don't, don't know... Don't forget about that. that. Him and Stern shook hands behind the fucking scenes, and he was like, yeah, I'm just going to go play minor league baseball for two years, and you won't tell people that I'm actually suspended uh, for, for my awful gambling. And then, like, he, he fucking punched Steve Kerr in the face uh, during the 96 finals. Uh, but all that stuff, like that hyper-competitive, like crazy gambling addiction, being a fucking asshole is now just part of his lore, and, like, he just wanted it so much, that's why he was who he was, and, like, it gets weirdly remembered because of that. Uh, and, like, there's just... I don't know, maybe there's something to say that it's good to remember the good stuff, to reflect on that, and hold that close to, to build your character, but, I don't know, getting back to what I was saying, though, like, that there are so many other real people in your real life that you can reach out and touch and see face to face that can have a real impact on your future, like an immediate real impact that like the idea of like fandom and uh, being a hype around someone is like, uh, it's kind of wild to me, but that, that's kind of where I was going with that initial thought. Yeah. But eh, that that's spiraled off into the weeds. That's okay. Yeah, we got into the weeds there a little bit. But that, that kind of, uh, I think that that might bring it back around to to the why we were we were even having that conversation about why Michael Jordan was playing baseball. Yeah, <laughs> I fucking fucking Michael. Uh, shout out to the Barons for fucking having him for two years. Like fucking congratulations, guys. I'm, Jesus Christ. Uh. Yeah, anyways, oh, fighting course. games are really cool, you guys. Uh, <laughs> they are. Um, I, mean, the, I mean, that kind of goes back to like what I was saying. Of like, I feel like 2020 is going to be the year, and 2021 specifically, of uh, <laughs> trying to do mass-scale promotion for grassroots events without having the backing of the, the powers in place that are doing it now for their big, huge events. Like we, we just don't have that. And we'll see what, we'll see what the platforms look like for people who are running smaller events, but hopefully it's uh, better for them in the future, I guess. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I, the one thing I want to bring up about street fighter league, like while we're talking about like these events and stuff really quick is shout outs to the Ohio squad, uh, who will have their members for their amateur street fighter league team, which don't know when that event's happening. Um, don't know how they've come to the conclusion of like who their team is, but they've yep. put together promotional materials. Uh, they've uh, all this stuff that they've done really well for the community. I hope the best for them. I've seen nothing get retweeted by Capcom official. Uh, I've seen no mention of it. Like you said, there's it's so hard to find information on these things. Uh, I I I don't know what we're supposed to do as a community to highlight our players when uh. 
we don't have the opportunity to highlight these fucking players uh, until like the grandstand moment happens. Yep. But I, I, I don't know. That's just that's just me griping about things that I have no control over. Uh, no, I'm right there with you. I'm I'm trying to figure out a solution to that problem, and I've tried to do that for years, but like with the uh, uh, the the. I even forget it now. Uh, the, the, the Fighters Network. Oh, uh, uh, the, the, the... The LFN, the local Fighters Network. Yeah, where that, yeah it was there like, we go. Here's, yes. a, here's a space for people to share shit. And then, I mean, that's still up, but it's just not... It didn't take off the way that would make it effective. And maybe there's a... Like, that. We're st- we still have that on the back burner. Like, uh, the person who was doing a lot of coding for that, uh, felt he had experienced illness uh in in a matter of which he was unable to continue work on stuff right away and he's like just now recovering so he might get back to that uh, and have like another version of that like a more official easier to use version but that's we'll see we'll see about that i a, a lot of things for locals tries to get off the ground and for whatever reason the locals don't support it or don't like put a lot of effort into it I don't know what's happening because of things like the LFN, uh, when James Chen had his program, they had like a huge groundswell and then I haven't heard much from it. Um, I, I, I don't know what it is that like we can do to push these locals out and like push these people here's, out. Here's the thing though, that I don't think the onus is on those, like... I don't know if it's on them because, like, it is totally fine and valid to just go and enjoy an event and have that be that and don't think about it until the next week or the next month or however often that shit happens. Like, right. that is a, a valid way to experience your community. You don't need to get in any deeper than that. That could just be it. That's fine it's just one of those things where at some point on the scale that we're working at, I mean, you and I see a need for more uh, boots on the ground, digging up the shit kind of stuff, but uh, the sport's just not there. I don't know. It's hard to hard to say if anything would cause a groundswell like that, but uh, who can say? Yeah. Well, I guess, I know we have a couple more questions. I know I'm keeping you a, a little too long, so I'll try to wrap it up so I don't keep you too too, too long away from your wife and, and Brick. Um, now she's not home. I don't expect her to be home until, yeah, that, Brick was just barking at, I don't know, there might have been I, a dog. <laughs> might have been dog. It doesn't like fireworks. There might have been fireworks. No, my, I don't expect Leah to get home until, I mean, last night she got home at like 12.05, so like, it's, this this week in particular is bad, so I'm like thinking she'll get home at eleven, which we are for people who are listening to this in post. We're it's only like nine forty right now, so I got time. Yeah, I, right, I have nothing to. I cleaned the house before this, so I'm I'm all set. Man, man, I gotta I gotta do that after I put the kids to bed. Like I put. Old I'm old. a little dry though right now. I don't have another drink in my hand, which could be a problem. Oh no! All right. Well, look, I'll, I'll, I'll try not to keep you away from the drink too long. <laughs> but if you don't got a bedtime. Uh, so, uh, I, I guess the one thing I wanted to ask you, but that I, mm, I have, I, I'll probably end up tagging along on this, like, uh, surprise, surprise, everyone, I'm going to interject myself into someone else's answer, but, 
Uh, why Zangief? Why are you drawn to to Zangief as the the Geef Jim mascot um, to be your main everything? Like, why Zangief? Two two reasons. Uh, the first is that when you play Zangief, your opponent most of the time, like save for certain other ma- like certain matchups, your opponent is forced to play their game differently. They have to play on your terms. Uh, granted, Zangief doesn't have great walk speed, but he controls the pace of the match in a different way. Uh, there is space that is dangerous for you to enter. Uh, your buttons in the neutral are a risk. Uh, your options on wake up are equally risky. Uh, and there is a there's a certain element to that whenever you can Zangief just so immediately is just in the other person's head like that the effect that Geef can have on a person is so air apparent that that is appealing to me you have to play him differently and if you're not playing him differently then you have fucked up and you're going to lose easily it'll be an easy match for the Zangief or You've adjusted your gameplay, and now it becomes a battle of different kinds of wits, of where you have the advantage, and are you pressing it correctly? Are you backing off when you need to? Uh, those things are are what make you special to me. The other answer, the part two of this, the other shoe to drop, is that I don't have a lot of time to play fighting games, I, or games in general. I... Like, I work, I've been working 12-hour shifts, I do all the stuff for... Like, I, I do Geef's Gym stuff, I do the sponsorship stuff, like, all the Street Fighter stuff that is related to what I do for it. Uh, that stuff takes up a lot of time out of my day, so I don't really get a whole lot of time to play. And it is my opinion that I don't need the fancy stuff. I don't need to know combo pathings, I don't need to learn... I mean, I could learn all this, like, there's not... There's not really a whole lot of specific Oki situations. Like, I know them because they're... Like, he doesn't have a whole bunch of them. Like, I know all the specifics of Geef because I can. The information's available. I know it. But it's... I don't want to say basic, but to me, it's it's very basic. Like, I just have to do these two or three things uh, as efficiently as I can do them, and I'm good. I can I can win that way uh, without having much like time to grind. Like you'll see me in the pre-tournament. Sometimes in the pre-tournament is the first time I've ever played against a certain character, and you'll watch me like in real time be like, "I wonder if this works." <laughs> and sometimes it does. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes I forget shit, and I'm like, "Oh, well, that doesn't work now." Uh, now I this is what this is what I'll do now. Uh, because I just, I know the character, I know the range of things, like, uh, stuff to me, it's like the, the back of my hand, so, so doing that stuff that I deem, and this is after, like, spending a lot of time previously with the character, and with, like, over the years, and just knowing how he works, is, that, that, like, that just comes naturally to me, I, like, I know what to test, it's like, it's like a getting into an old car and being like, yeah, this handles just the way I like it. And that's kind of what Geef is, you know? <laughs> Geef is like an 84 Toyota Celica. 
He just—that's that's what Zangief to me, man. I'll tell you what. Oh man, no, that's... he'll get me there. <laughs> He's dependable. He'll get you there. You'll never forget how to drive it. Um, yeah, no, that's that makes a lot of sense. Uh, does that translate to other fighting games? I know you haven't gotten the chance to play a lot of other fighting games recently, um, but I know you got to play a little bit of Samurai Showdown when that launched. Does the grappler main mentality go to every fighting game? You're like, I want to be able to pick up a character who has a, a command grab, who's like game bases around that, who forces other people to play differently. Um, so, it let me like kind of clarify that because it's not even specifically the command grab of Zangief that makes his tools effective. It's that his tools are simple, and they allow him to very quickly. Uh, take a lot of the elements of uh, like a lot of the elements of um, I don't know like fancy combos like all of the all of the fluffy stuff all the the fancy shit not exactly all the fancy shit but like some of the fancy shit uh, and take that all away and for for me to very quickly start playing not against the character I'm playing against but the opponent that I'm playing against, he gets me to that point, like, extremely quickly. Like, I'll know almost immediately if, like, I have a handle on the character, great, this is the range they're going to work at, awesome, now I can play my opponent. I don't, like, this is, I'm playing against a human being, and Geef allows me to do that. Switch over to Samurai Showdown, Haomaru, not a whole, like, not a whole, no one really has a whole ton of tools in that game, but, mm. like, his tools, when used, like if, like in the right ranges at the right time, is extremely effective. Uh, it's one of those things where, whenever I saw in the like the latest patch for Samurai Showdown, the only thing I saw in that patch was Hamaru walk forward and backward a little bit faster, and in my mind, I was already saying Hamaru's top tier. <laughs> he's top tier. Like that is the only thing I needed to see to go. He's great. Like he's. Maybe not the toppest of tiers, but like in my mind, I'm like that's having that ability to slightly control the neutral a little bit, the range that he's standing in without having to commit to a dash is like, oh, now he can, he has more of an ability to play against his opponent and not be restricted by his walk speed. Uh, Geef is restricted by his walk speed, but also his his normals are fantastic, so they that kind of counterbalances that. But like. Now you can just you can start playing your opponent much quicker, and to me it's like, well, this is great. Like I could play Hamaru at maybe not a top level, but like I understand the character, and that character then allows me to play against my opponent because if my opponent fucks up and I'm playing Hamaru, I just have to press one button, like and and then like thirty three percent of their health is gone, and then they with, die. With like a button press, you see that heavy slash, and it's like over the. Sh <laughs> oh, fuck you up with that heavy slash man and the screen just chonks up and there's the oh, the blood spl oh it's so it, it's that satisfying moment of I knew what you wanted to do and I fucked you up for it and I and because I knew what you wanted to do and that, there's a part of me that's like that feels good that feels super good and it, it, whatever character gets me to that point the fastest I like that character <laughs> fair enough uh fucking so there's something about, like, the big slashes in that game that aren't, like, um... Oh, what's his name? Uh, Yao... Yao... 
the, the seven sword motherfucker. So his like Yoshi, yeah, Yoshitoro. yeah, Yoshitoro. So his C button covers a lot of space, and like early game was super strong and really really good, but it doesn't have the same visual effect as like uh, Darley Dagger or Haomaru's like heavy C button that just like looks and feels painful as it comes in. Uh, the, mm-hmm. There's something to be said about the, the the gravitas that those moves impact upon people. That like it makes you feel like, oh, you fucked up, and you're being punished for this, and this is why, and you have to sit here through this 90 seconds of fucking hit stun <laughs> that happens when you oh, get yeah, hit in I that know. game. I love it. Uh, if the, they're they're very good buttons in that game. I I, I enjoy it very much. Um, but yeah, no, that that's that's actually. Not why I thought you would pick Zengi. I, for for someone dumb like me who's just like, eh, grapplers, big boys, every game, like no matter what, big boys, uh, with the exception of like Darley in Samurai Showdown, um, and then like Armika in Alpha Three, but like, I don't know. I I just assume people who play grapplers play grapplers across all games. So I was expecting Earthquake to come out uh, of your mouth. So I I was ready for it. Um, but no, I just was surprised. Like slightly understandable. Surprised. Like I I get that an Earthquake. I, I do like Earthquake, but to me, he's he's limited. Like, the tools that he has in the neutral limit him to a certain type of play that, in my mind, forces him to play a certain way against characters, whereas with Hamaru, like, I can... He has more of an ability to play his opponent than Earthquake does, I feel. Okay, yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. I think that's why we don't see... Earthquake as much at the higher level uh, as we do yeah. other characters. Uh, most notably, like, Basara recently, who's fucking taken off, and I I don't even want to play against that character anymore. I am fucking tired of Basara. <laughs> uh, but uh, with that being said, I will, I, I will I will do this. For people that are watching, uh, oh, hey, this is a little bit late in the fucking show, um, but for people that are in the future listening to this, we're live on twitch.tv slash Flash. If you'd like to join us in the future, we generally do these Tuesdays and Thursdays at 8 p.m. Uh, Eastern Eastern Standard Time. Uh, so if you'd like to join the conversation, uh, chat with my guests, chat with whoever's here, please feel free to join us around those times. Like I said, Tuesday and Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern. Um, so with that being said, I will throw it to the chat. Uh, I know uh, there's a couple guys in here, Rock Dan at uh, Dadman and a couple others, uh, who might have some questions for you, Joe. So if you guys would have any questions for Joe... Please feel free to throw them up now while I ask Joe these last uh, couple questions here. Um, but if I'm being honest, it's not really a question. Uh, Joe, this... It, <laughs> let me just make this statement at you. Yeah, the, yeah. let me make this statement. Uh, it's not a question. This is uh, this is an open platform for you to talk about anything that's on your mind, anything you want to get off your chest. Um, I know you have a platform where you get to do this already, uh, but now it's my show and I am giving you the soapbox to stand on. Uh, so please, anything that you'd like to talk about, go ahead. I mean, honestly, there's, it's tough for me to not want to spend this time to say that people should check out other people's shit, uh, because I'm bad at self-promotion. But with that said, I don't know. It's the, I guess the thing that's really, hmm, hmm, hmm. Now I'm arguing with myself in my own head. I'm like, you promote the, promote the good shit. Let people know that they should go to, like, uh, hold back to block or, like, pat the flip and support these, like, true FGC efforts and, like, follow all these good people and, and make sure that uh, people who are working for the community 
get promoted the most and it's just like put them forward like community forward people put them forward and put them in the I shed a little bit of light on them because they they're fucking work there's a lot of people doing a lot of fucking work out there that is completely honorable and like inc- like Sermi for example a lot of people don't know who Sermi is but works for Maturino and has been a key element in the success of the R Street Fighter uh, player sponsorships in the last year or so. So, like, just doing, I don't know, doing, like, shit like that is, that's, like, a lot of work, and that's a name you've probably never heard of. And there's so many people like that. Just, like, I don't know. Make sure that you... Uh, appreciate the people who are doing work however there is something on my mind that i kind of want to go back to and touch upon just something to to think about and something that i think about from time to time which is having people in your life that i guess not like heroes but like uh what i'm looking for uh like having a role model in your life uh there's I was fortunate enough to have a a role model outside of my own father who's like the fuck Dean's the fucking man. I love Dean. He's fantastic. Uh but I've had other like role models in my life who've like taught me like I had a, a guy go out of his way to help teach me like uh economics and like here's how like financing like housing goes and like here's how you can like think about like land ownership and shit like that uh and this is like this incredible dude who like taught me so much about like the world and finance and the way that like business and the business of people works and i am so grateful to have had that person in my life and he invested so much in me that uh, I always feel that it's necessary for me because I've been given such great opportunities in life to then uh, shed that same love on other people who might not be as fortunate to have that person directly in their life. Uh, so that, that's just one of the reasons why I try to have those doors open all the time to like, if you have like any questions, I try to make myself as available as possible and try to devote as much energy, time, money to people who need it or people who are hungry and want it, you know? Uh, and at the same time, though, I would be remiss if I didn't say that that guy who, like, invested a whole lot on me, uh, in me, uh, fuck that guy forever. I fucking hate his guts. He's a piece of trash, and I fucking hate him. And there's nothing in my mind that can separate him from that. I think he's a piece of shit. He's a piece of shit garbage. Fuck him forever. But also, I'm so grateful for everything that he did for me it's really strange it's really strange that there's like that is how that one uh panned out. i won't get it i will not get into specifics on this show uh they're they're a little too too close to home but at the same <laughs> time like i don't know like fuck that guy and but at the same time like hyper grateful that i was able to have someone like that in my life and therefore uh because i had been given so many opportunities and so many like little bits of knowledge uh and so much invested in me that given any opportunity to put any of that love back into the world i'm going to take that uh so if, again this kind of goes out to everybody but like if there's 
Like, if you want opportunity, if you want, do you think that, I don't know, I've, I'm always in the position of, I want to be helpful to people and help help others rise up, as it were. Also, fuck that guy. <laughs> uh, yeah, agreed. Fuck, fuck that Fuck guy. you, Dave. You motherfucker, Dave. Fucking, uh, it's always fucking Dave. I swear to God. It's it was a Dave, a- yeah. Well, he went by David, so extra fuck oh, that guy. Oh, what a fucking asshole. Oh, it's always, like Joshua. What a fucking asshole these Davids and Joshuas are, I tell you. I fucking, fuck you, Dave. Uh, listen, I, it's always a fucking Dave. We had to fire a guy at my work named Dave who was a fucking asshole, too. Um, that's separate from this conversation. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think what you say has a lot of merit, and it's, I think it's very important to do that. I, without trying to, to step on your point too much, um, and I'll, I'll keep it brief, but I separated myself from my mother, uh, who had done a lot of good things for me, um, but, and I've been open about this in the past, uh, she stole my identity. Uh, she put a bunch of bills in my name and ruined my credit score for a long time and did it with all my brothers and sisters, and I didn't realize it until later in my life when I tried to buy a house for the first time. And I had to sit there and go, oh, your no. credit score is nothing. Um, and I think it's important for people to go, like, if there are ties, be they familial or friendly or anything else, understand that your self-worth and the importance in your life, uh, it, it's okay to separate those things and go, I don't need this person in my life anymore. Uh, what they've done is terrible, and the amount of good things that they've done do not amount, like, do not overshadow the awful and terrible things that they can and will do or have done um so i i wholly agree with you there um it's weird to have those people around and go i'm i'm happy for what they taught me but also fucking no like there there's a cutoff point um where you you can't redeem those people anymore um Mm. so yeah I, i i'm with you uh fucking dave i swear to god it's always a dave (laughs) But no, that's that's good food for thought, and it, it, it's a good, I think, mental exercise to run through and categorize the people in your life who are like that, um, and you know, take mental note of the people around you who are like that. Uh, but yeah, that's a conversation I think for a smarter person than I, unfortunately. Um, yeah. <laughs> unfortunately. Unfortunately, I I mean I I wish I could add on to. It. I wish I could say, yeah. No, uh, there there really isn't like a whole lot there to it. Just that like. No, like, I guess, I guess the end of it is just that if you have the ability to invest yourself in other people, the reward for doing so is, uh, is so, so great. Like, seeing other people succeed and do well, uh, that to me is, that's the reward. That's like the tangible thing that, because this shit ain't about money. It's never been about money. It's never going to be about money, at least not in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. So seeing people get such value out, outside of monetary monetary value, uh, like life lessons learned, and like, I, just, I don't know, like, I'm not going to name names, but like through the RSF sponsorship thing, I had to talk to someone directly to be like, Here's how you build a credit score. Here's how, like, you build a line of credit. You probably want to start doing this early. Here's some safe ways to do it. Like, and had to explain to someone how to build a line of credit. And, like, I I don't know. It's There's a part of me that's like, I'm really 
glad that I was in a position to help that person and I hope they have a good credit score now or like have, <laughs> I really hope they've started building credit now honestly because if they haven't they have fucking up uh, but I just I don't know if you are in a position to, uh, in a position to be a mentor to someone please take that opportunity yeah it it helps out more than you know um, but look let's I, I will lighten it up and I'll, I'll throw you the softball question first uh, because Admiral Nemo comes in with the hard-hitting ones. Uh, Admiral Nemo would like, no, Joe, why are you so gosh dang cool? Look at that. No, Look at that uh, former President Barack Obama asked me the same question, and I didn't have an answer for him. It was really weird. <laughs> Personal friend Barack Obama asked me the same question. I just didn't have an answer for him. <laughs> uh, and then we, we high-fived and dunked a basketball and then, you know, <laughs> roll credits. Uh, the answer is that, uh, fuck I've got to answer this seriously. No. Uh, the answer is that I don't, I just, I just don't give a fuck. I don't, I, I don't give a fuck. The only fuck I care about is if people are being hurt. It's the only fuck I care about. If people are being hurt, then I've got a lot of fucks for you. But there's so much to that I see people worry about and so much to get hung up on where if you just if you just kind of like think in your head what the best version of yourself can be as long as that version isn't actively hurting or hindering the progress of another human being or like the rest of humanity or innocent doggies and kitties uh or anything any if it's not harmful in any way just fucking do it like just there's there's really nothing stopping you from being as weird as you want to be and at some point some like if you're worried about like oh i gotta be cool i won't get a like a, a spouse or a, a life partner to to be cool like i gotta be cool to get one of those like motherfucker no you don't like you can be really fucking weird and that shit works out for some reason i, I uh, like huh the re hmm. I, I tell a story now. All right, tell a story. About how I met my wife. Uh, I like to be, and you can do this too. Anyone out there, you can be as impulsive as you want to be so long as it's not hurting people. But the first time that I met my wife, this was in college. Uh, she, we, I, I was, this was my sophomore year. I was meeting up with a bunch of friends from freshman year. Uh, in the cafeteria, we were all kind of just finding a table, sitting down. Uh, not everybody was back at the table yet, and this girl comes over, and she sits down in my friend Tim's seat, and she's talking to to Steve, another friend of mine, because she, she knew him from, like, high school or some bullshit, and I just start, I see an opportunity to, like, I'm thinking in my mind, I'm never going to see this person ever again prime opportunity to to just be whatever i can be whatever to this person it doesn't matter it's never gonna see him again so i was like uh excuse me miss uh oh god miss i feel awkward saying it's miss uh but that is tim's seat and he is going to be so furious if he cannot sit down and immediately enjoy his his grilled cheese sandwiches he just you are in his seat he is tim is gonna be so mad uh miss please miss he tim 
I, I cannot protect you if t if Tim comes here, Miss. I beg of you, please, Miss. And, and like she was totally blocking me out, being like, "I this is the worst thing. Like this person's so fucking annoying. Who is this human being? This trash human." Uh, two days later, I get in the elevator from where my dorm was, and door opens. Uh, there's a girl. And she does, she looks at me because it's just going to be me and her in the elevator. And she does like a, a big dumb like wave, like, hi, just me and you. Like, because you're just standing right in the center of the elevator. Uh, so I kind of wave and smile and I'm like, wait a minute. Because I'm looking at it, I'm like, hold on. Do I, do I know, have we met before? Because it, it hadn't registered for, for either of us yet. And then I see the, the, I see everything like it is coming around in her brain. She is recognizing me now, and she goes, "Oh, you're that asshole. <laughs> this is going to be a tear. These eight floors that we have to go down are gonna be so awkward." And I'm saying like, "Oh fuck! I have. I'm now seeing this person for I never expected to see in my whole life." Uh, this is awkward. I am paying a, a solid price now. This is an awkward elevator ride. Uh, doors open. We go our separate ways. I'm like, see you never again. Sorry. Oh, gosh, I'm sorry. It was like an apology tour <laughs> as we went our separate ways. Later that day, same day, I go into a 7-Eleven to get some, some energy bars. Who's there? Same girl as before. And I go, okay, here is my opportunity to create fun small talk to prove to this person that I am not always an asshole. So I strike up some really dumb converse, conversation about some, some like Nutri-Grain bars. She's like, yeah, sure, I, those are cool, whatever. Like, really awkward seeing you again today for a second time. This is fucking weird. Like, see you never again. In my mind, I'm like, okay. Now, if I never see this person ever again, I have righted the wrongs. We've had pleasantries. We've had human-to-human -human pleasantries that don't necessarily make up for the original assholeness, but it's just in the right direction. I'm putting more positivity on the world than I put negativity. Same day, after midnight, I'm coming home from the library. I'm turning the corner in the lobby of the dorm, and who do I see out of the corner of my eye? Something flashes. And I think to myself, no, it cannot be. So I keep walking, and I think to myself, I need to turn around just to make sure. I turn full 360, uh, 1080 degrees, uh, and who is it? Same girl as before. So I walk right up to her, and I ask, because I'm going to see you all the time now, can I just get your number so this isn't weird? And that's how I met my wife. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> Apparently, what I had like done at that point, she was like surrounded by a group of other dudes who were talking to her, and apparently what I did, like, what I did was very brave, but I didn't see the danger. I was too focused. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and then apparently that was a, a grand gesture. That It's not really a grand gesture. It's just like I was living the way that, you know, it was just in the moment. Just yeah. live in the moment and say the shit that's come to your mind as long as it isn't hurtful to other people. Or maybe serendipitously you get three opportunities to right that wrong and then you end up marrying the person. I don't know. That, that could be your life too. I can't say, but that's why I'm so cool. <laughs>
Oh, that's that's way better than mine. Like I met my wife in a video store. Uh, at like <laughs> the end. Like I, I I was working at a family video, and she was checking out games for her kid uh, at the time. And then lo and behold, now now we're here, uh, and and now we're married, and we have another one. And fucking the end. I I wish I could have the the story of of coincidence and confidence that you have. But I was just. Here's the thing, though, is that your child isn't going to know what you're talking about. Yeah, oh, no. no. <laughs> like, video store? Never, ever. Excuse me? Is that, like, Yeah. Like, you met her on the Netflix app? Yeah, yeah that's exactly what happened, <laughs> actually. I She was actually the male person that brought me my Netflix VHS. Uh, <laughs> Wait a minute. They bring things to the door? It's not... Oh, okay, yeah. So in the it's before not times... on the tablet? <laughs> yeah, yeah. In the, in the before times, before they used to just digitally beam these videos straight into your iPad... Someone would have to bring you these videos. It's very complicated. And then you'd only have them for like two weeks and you have to return them. Uh, and then those companies split and now you can still get those physically, but not really. Like, they might as well be dead because no one uses them. Uh, yeah, like, totally different things, kid. Different things. I fucking... Weird story about that, though. Quick uh, quick aside about Netflix. And they, they still do, like, you can still order just the DVDs. But they're phasing that out. I think it's going to end in, like, 2021. And initially when I heard that, I was like, who the fuck does that? But then I realized that due to licensing agreements, uh, it actually makes, like, they are limited in what they can, what they are able to stream on streaming services. But they aren't as limited in terms of what they can rent out through the DVD service. So they actually have, like, a whole stockpile of, like, kind of hard stuff to find because, like, no one is streaming this stuff because the licensing deals are difficult to do because there's, like, music things tied up with them and like royalties that are kind of fucked up with how things are in in that particular business so like there is still value in in heart there is still value in media there's still value in physical media i'm gonna die in this bunker there's still value in physical media (laughs) there is that's how i saw sleepaway camp for the first time the 1984 fucking sleepaway camp like was from netflix vhs that like i could not find anywhere but Netflix fucking VHS had it, and that's how I saw it. Or not Netflix DVD, because at that point right. they were done with the VHSs. They were they were doing VHSs in like the '99 and shit like that. And my parents had it in like '0304, like when like it wasn't Netflix, it was something else. Um, but like they were subscribed to the service, and so that's how I saw Sleepaway Camp for the first time. So like, and I had to buy that DVD because the only other version that exists that you can really find anywhere is like on YouTube. But it's, like, the shitty YouTube cut of it, and, like, it's not the best quality. I mean, even on VHS and DVD, it's not the greatest quality. But, like, everyone go watch Sleepaway Camp. Sleepaway Camp is good. Uh, I enjoyed that. Like, that's a fucking horror movie that doesn't get talked about enough. Do you remember when Netflix tried to call themselves Quickster? Oh, my fucking Christ! What in... (laughs) I had, like, erased that from my brain. And then it's like, ha! This huge company that owns, like, a whole lot of shit and rights and bullshit. Uh, (laughs) Wanted to call themselves Quickster. Idiots. The best part about it was, like, it wasn't... It was was definitely, like, 90 spelling. It was, like, Q-W-I-K. Yeah, it was bad. It was was not good. And it was, like, in that orange uh, word art font. It's just, like, this is no good, fam. Put that away. Oh, my God in heaven. That fucking... It, 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 Quixer was the shockmaster of Netflix 
DVDs. <laughs> oh, I fucking love the Shockmaster. Okay. <laughs> All right. I think with that, I, I, I think it's about time we end the show. I know a lot of people have questions in the chat, uh, but I don't want to keep you for too long. Um, so, I mean, is there any like quick questions to go into? I've, I, I've got time. Unless you're like, hey, a two and a half hour episode is too long. We no, can't. I, no I, one's going to listen to this I, show. Uh, listen, I, my, my wife is at work and I've got my oldest kid watching the youngest kid. It's fine. <laughs> uh, really quick, Dadman wants to know. Uh, he just started getting uh, involved in the San Antonio FGC and wants to help out. I've already started on a power rating system for a local event. What's a good next step I can use to help and beef up the community? Oh shit, that's cool. Uh, that is a good way to do it. The other good way is just to like ask uh, to the people who are in charge. Be like, how can I? And just ask someone directly. What what things need to be done that aren't being done now can you delegate to me? Like, what can I do? I think that's always meant that for the longest time, that's been my advice to people who are, especially through like the Street Fighter Five era, where there was a lot of like Street Fighter Four heads who were like, I don't really like this game, but I really like my community. What do I do? My answer to them was, you either love your community and you dig deeper, or it's okay to walk because you can invest yourself in the people and eventually that will matter more. So getting invested in the people within your own community will help you uh, dig in more and you'll you'll kind of find your own path. Like, I'm not going to tell you to do your... Hmm. Huh. I don't want to tell you specifics of things what you should do. It is one of those things where... It's going to be specific for you. However, with that said, like, if you ever need the R Street Fighter account to, like, promote stuff or post stuff on R Street Fighter, like, there's... Go to the R Street Fighter School of Business. There are... There are opportunities there. I've done, like, write-ups and things. Like, if you want to build a pitch deck and bring in money to your community, like, I, I write out how you can do that and give templates for you to use. It's free to use for everybody. Uh, I'll, it's on the R Street Fighter wiki under the R Street Fighter School of Business. Uh, there's just there's stuff that you can do if that's what you're interested in. But also, you have to ask yourself what you're interested in doing. Like, eh, follow your bliss, I suppose. Yeah, that, I, hmm. I, yeah, there's not really a, a specific direction you can give except for involve yourself in the community and find out what it, like, like you said, what's missing, what can be added, and uh, really come up with, don't try to do it yourself. Come up with a plan with your community members uh, to push something yeah. forward because you by yourself doing something, if no one else knows it's happening or understands, it's not going to help anything. Uh, it's, it's, yeah, or just ask, like, what stats, ask the person who runs your event, what stats are helpful to you? What would be useful for you to know? And it, like, if stats are your thing, just like then keep track of that, or I don't know, some shit like that. If you want to, like, you say you're already running like, uh, like spreadsheet spreadsheets and shit. Like, ooh, I don't know if like making visual representations of that stuff could be useful. Like, do you stream your event? Because then that information being shown on stream would be like super rad. I, I mean, I'm just like spitballing. I don't know if that's practical to your to your event or location, but just like like I said, uh, you'll know with the people if you 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 dig those roots in. 
Yeah, that that that's quick, succinct, and I will I will find the R Street Fighter School of Business uh, template and I'll I'll put it in the fucking show description for you lazy people that don't want to go digging for it if you're listening to this episode. Uh, that being said, uh, Rock Dan would like to know, Mister Joe Monday, uh, do you have any hobbies or passions outside of fighting games that you want to touch on that might not get a lot of love? Like Mike Tustrock recently uh, investigated Gunpla. <laughs> oh man, I honestly, I because I used to do Gunpla like long time ago, uh, and when I went to Japan, visited the uh, uh, the Gundam. Uh, what the fuck do they call it? Uh, where they have all the Gunpla, <laughs> uh, the base, the the Gundam base, or whatever the fuck. And that shit was dope as hell. I love making Gunpla. I haven't done any like in a, a very long time, but seeing Mike get into that and having just recently visited that that mobile base was like, man, uh, this is... I'm thinking about it. I'm not doing it, but I'm thinking about it. Uh, what I love to do, my passion, is making pizza. Uh it is something that I am good at and something that when I have people over, it is a way for me to like express like, hey, I love you. Here's pizza. Uh, <laughs> enjoy this. It's delicious. Put my hot triangles in your mouth. You'll love it. Uh, I really like doing that. Like I'm, I've got this like knack for making za that like it's real good. And another thing. I really like physical therapy and like uh, massage therapy. Like I'm into that because it's like this other element of like healing that I feel like is a way to connect with someone in a way that is not exactly intimate, but more uh, it's, it's more like one-on-one. Like, like I have like very close friends that I, that, it is not, let's put it this way, it is not uh, unlike my character to be, like, drunk at a party with my very good friends, and then just, like, start giving, like, a, like a really good shoulder rub, and then they're like, oh, wait a minute, this is extremely good, and I'm like, yeah, Zach, and this, like, yeah, you're, like, super tight up here, let me just, like, like, this muscle right here, maybe you should, this is how your posture is, you should probably change this. Uh, like loosen up you dummy like give like advice like that and just like i don't know i like that because it's a it's just another way to show love for my friends uh pizza and 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 massages i really want to party with joe monday i'm just i'm throwing that out there right now i'm very i am a i'm a i've been told i'm a lovable drunk ah that, that that that's better than obscene drunk like me so i guess I don't know. We'll see how the waters mix in the future. I'd give you an incredible... Here's the thing. I start giving you a credible massage. You've got my hot triangles in your mouth. It's 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 all love all the time, baby. There's there's no... You can't get angry. There's no aggression there. Oh, oh no. I Listen, if anything, I, I'm never an angry drunk. Never, ever an angry drunk. I'm like... But in the wee hours when it's like 3 o'clock and you're, I'm coming down from the drunk and I'm still awake and now I'm at my house and I'm really sad, I get like the depressed drunk because I'm by myself. Uh, but in a party Aww. setting, I feel like I, I do pretty well. Um, all right, so now I have to ask. First of all, love pizza. I know you posted like the pizzas that you made on Twitter sometimes. What are the oh, optimal yeah. pizza toppings? The 
with pizza toppings, I am a I am very much under the school of thought of whatever you're feeling at the time, you make you make it your way. But there are key elements to a pizza that I feel like when at least when I make a pizza, I must include on every pizza. Uh, or at least there's like two ways to make it. So if you're gonna go sauce topping, you gotta make the sauce like yourself. Like just get some tomatoes, uh, dice them up, put them on, put them on the uh, little pot there. Uh, get them going, reduce them down, put a little oil in there, get some some pepper, salt, oregano, basil, a little bit of onion, a little bit of garlic, and just like make that yourself. And once you like make your own sauce, once you start with like a good base, but you don't have to use tomato sauce, guess what? Get a little bit of butter, put a little garlic in that butter, heat that shit up. Butter base, my friend. That's like a, a good solid alternative to a... If you're doing butter base, you gotta like really butter it up. Yeah. But regardless, 100% what I'm gonna do on a pizza, I'm gonna do this little touch. This is a little Joe Monday specialty. Uh, toppings, whatever you want, whatever cheeses you want to go with, like live live your best life. You wanna put a little ricotta on there? I'm for it. Go go for it. Uh, that is like an underrated pizza topping that I think more people should get into because mm-hmm. it's just it's just more cheese, but it's it's soft. It's gonna be soft. So uh, good. But here's the, the Joe Monday pro tip to making pizza. Regardless of whatever pizza you're making, heat up a little butter, put a little bit of like one one or two cloves of garlic in there, uh, diced up or minced. Uh, if you have a garlic press, get one. Heat up the butter, got the garlic in there, have that sit for a little bit as you're like rolling your dough and like do that first so the butter is like infused, right? When you go to lay out your pizza, before you put the sauce on or anything in the center, get a spoon and around the edge of the pizza, around the crust, put that garlic butter all around the crust. Now you've got like garlic butter crust, which is pretty good to start with. That's a good start, but the topper, here's the kicker. Get some kosher salt, take that kosher salt, sprinkle that kosher salt all around that butter. Now you've got like salty buttery garlicky bread like bread around the edge oh my gosh that is just if you're not a crust person you will be oh my god in heaven i i'm in that's the tech <laughs> that's that's the joe monday tech if you look if you're looking for a special pizza tech that's the tech i see i was like i'm gonna ask this basic question and then you answered it like way better than i i, I could have imagined like the actual making the pizza tech, which I'm a big fan of because I do almost all the cooking in the house uh, because I love to cook. So, like, I make my own spaghetti sauce, my own vodka sauce when we do pastas and stuff like that. Ooh, nice. Uh, and it's, it's super... But, all right, fucking... I learned this. I can't remember her name now. She's a wonderful Italian woman. Uh, she's, like, the fuck. Who was that really high-pitched lady who did, like, cooking uh, in America and, like, in Britain? What's her name? Uh, Mary Berry? Not Mary Berry. Uh... She's like has like I a love brick. Mary Berry. She's the best. Mary Berry is also very good. Um, but anyway, there's a, this Italian chef. Um, and she's very very good. And she had this quote where she's like, Americans fuck up pasta sauce all the time by trying to do too much and trying to make something that it's not. Pasta sauce is very very easy. Uh, what you do is you take two cans of whole peeled tomatoes, you put them in a pot, you put in one stick of butter, you cut an onion in half, and you put the onion inside the pot. And then you simmer it for 45 minutes with, like, enough salt over the top so that way it's just, like, a little bit salty. 
and then it reduces down, yeah. and you mash the tomatoes, and that's spaghetti sauce. You can make the whole yep. thing for like two dollars. It is. Oh yeah, that, that's how I. That's effectively how I make my pizza sauce. That is like the same. You have you have to get that salt in there too because that draws out the water from the tomato, so then it gets to that uh, reduction state faster. Yes, and it is so fucking good and so simple. It is incredible. Uh, we I don't think we've bought like spaghetti sauce in the house for years now uh, because I just learned to make it on my own and it's way better. Uh, so I'm I'm gonna put the Joe Monday Pizza Tech. Uh, to work this weekend, I think, probably for the Super Bowl, uh, because, or the big game, I don't know if I can say fuck Super Bowl, NFL on my ass, uh, but, it, so, for me, I'm just gonna throw this out there, for any of y'all that want to try the Sriracha Flash, uh, special pizza, if you're just ordering from a place, and you're like, this place does good pizza, you go pepperoni, banana peppers, jalapenos, sausage, mushroom, did I go jalapenos already? Fuck. Green yes, pepper. Green pepper. There we go. And then green pepper on there. Those are the six. Uh, That's solid. That's I, solid. I, I, the, the, the bite of the banana peppers that you get in there, or the mild peppers, depending on where you order from, uh, or pepperoncinis. Pepperoncinis are fucking another level of, Absolutely. of very, very good peppers on pizza. Very underrated. I'm, I'm down with that. The only thing I, I don't... I don't get down with many jalapenos because the, the they're not a consistent level of spiciness yes you get some places that pickle them some that are fresh and even amongst those they're not consistent it's it's a really inconsistent pepper which i'm always weary on using it because i never know exactly what level i'm like you obviously you have to taste it before you put it in but it's just like one of those things when you're ordering it it's like i don't know what this will be i don't know if it'll be too overpowering or or what level it'll be but if you know the place that's and you know what they're going for yeah. You can trust it. But if, that's my that's my jalapeno take. Yeah, no, that that's perfectly fine. I actually go if I'm making it myself, I use serrano peppers a lot more than I use jalapeno peppers. That's uh, a more consistent pepper, so like yeah. you're you're good to go on that one. Yeah. Uh, some like I've had jalapenos, like not spicy at all. I'm like, man, fuck this. Like Yeah. There's no there's nothing here. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it's it's just a green pepper that's fucking masquerading as jalapeno a fucking lie. Uh, fucking liars. <laughs> Goddamn peppers. Uh, last question, then we will get out of here. Uh, very important, Chicago style, or do you stick to traditional crust for your pizza? Uh, I only stick to traditional crust for now, only because, and I don't know why I haven't done this yet, I only have the pan for traditional crust. I don't have a deep dish pan, which I should invest in. Which, by the way, folks, at home, here's another hot tip. Uh, buy a, a cast iron... Uh, pan pizza pan it's you can get one on amazon for like probably like 12 bucks uh and use it do not wash it with soap just continue to use that same pan just hot water wipe it down after you use it uh because the key to that is that with every pizza that you make leaves a little bit of a pizza ghost that you'll taste in the next pizza (laughs) and you've got a little history of pizza ghosts in your mouth the history of pizza ghosts, I think, is the title of this episode. I think that's how I'm going to start this fucking episode. You've got a history of yeah. pizza ghosts. <laughs> that's you, you got you got little pizza ghosts uh, in your mouth. That, that's beautiful. Uh, the, right. Everyone buy a cast iron pizza pan and buy a fucking cast iron skillet. So you can grill steaks inside in the winter time when it's fucking cold yep. like it is now. Oh my god. Yep. I it, cast iron man. They're a they're cheap to buy. 
Uh, and it is a investment that will last you a lifetime if you use it properly. Yeah, very, very easily. But mind you, when you make steaks in your house in a cast iron pan, your house is going to disconnect the smoke alarms. Like, you're going to need to. Because, like, it's, <laughs> shit's going to get weird in here. Your eyes are going to water. Uh, but fucking, yeah. like, do it. Like, invest in cast iron. Um, all right, with that being said, Mr. Joe Monday, if people want to find you on the internet, where can they find you? Uh, at Super Joe Monday on Twitter.com or at Reddit SF. Or just hop on our Street Fighter and post whatever. If you Here's the other weird thing, is that people feel bad about promoting their own stuff on our street fighter and they're like hey can i like self-promote on our street i'm like fuck yes like please do like we need more promotion and more like upvotes for that promotion stuff like i didn't touch on this earlier but here's the thing you can do with your community tell them to post stuff on our street fighter and then get all those people to upvote that shit get that shit more visibility i don't give a fuck manipulate that vote baby i'm the mob there i don't give a fuck uh (laughs) But yeah, uh, that's where you can find me helping promote stuff on our Street Fighter. But that's about it. Perfect. Uh, yeah, I, there's no shame in fucking trying to get people to support your content. Like, it's okay to ask for help to support your own shit. Uh, if you want to find me on the internet, you can find me on Twitch, Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook, Pornhub, all that fun stuff at Sriracha Flash. Uh, <laughs> that started as a joke, like on Pornhub. But sometimes I want to post these episodes on Pornhub just to be like, we're also there. Uh, because fucking viewership. Um, if you want to find all the previous episodes of this show, go to srirachaflash.com for everything. Uh, we will have this episode updated on there tomorrow, but this will be on Spotify, iTunes, all that other fun stuff, probably in the morning. Um, but by the time you're listening to this, it's probably already in the past. Uh, with that being said, thank you all for hanging out. Thank you for listening. I've been Sriracha Flash. This has been Super Joe Monday. Uh, we are going to, because this is a Twitch show... Go raid Shaper of Stories and tell him uh, have a happy day. But thank you all for listening and have a wonderful night. Good night.